Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 108th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I am your also humble host, Brendan White. You can find me everywhere at Brendan8bit. Joined today, my two usual partners in crime, my two other tips of the spear, my other prongs of the trident, my other two bits of chicken in my three-piece feed. We've got Miss Ali Hart, who can be found at Miss Ali Hart, and we've got Salim Abraham, who can be found at Salim TD. Welcome back for this E3-flavoured Hungry Gamers. How are you doing? I'm hungry now. I want chicken. I was... I was pleasantly surprised by the chicken one. You've been really using that spear trident analogy for a long time now. Uh, it's getting old. I was just thinking, he needs a new one. And then you came out of nowhere with three-piece mm-hmm. feed and totally redeemed yourself. Well done. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm known to have moments of brilliance occasionally. It's not an off, often sort of type of situation. So I'm happy that this is going to be recorded forever. So, you know, when I'm old and down on my luck, I can go back and listen to this and go, remember that time I got some praise for being witty about bits of chicken? It happened in episode 108 of The Hungry Gamers. <laughs> Therefore, it is fact. And of course it is. You are a witty <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I will uh, be, be sure to show this to my grandkids one day when I'm old and old and frail. Who the fuck is Ali? Who the fuck mm. is Salim? Mm. You know, you know Uncle Dream and Nana Ali. You know these two. Hang on, how come I went up one? How come he's <laughs> Uncle and I'm Nana? <laughs> he's he's got a couple of a couple of years on us still, so so they had True. to give him the benefit of the doubt. Actually, yeah, we're roughly the same age, so it makes sense. I'd probably have the greys as well. Mm. So we're here. We are recording on a Wednesday. The E3 showcase, well, at least the conferences have officially wrapped as of today. Nintendo was the last one to peddle their wares this morning. Um, I'm excited to to unpack your thoughts and your your high points and your low points from the last mm. three days. Um, before we dive into it, I just wanted to ask as well, did any of yourselves get up at one of the sort of insanely early uh, time slots to watch, like say Microsoft, for example, which was on at was it three a.m. I think four a.m. It was something painful. I thought. Um, I know I got up at six a.m. for one of the conferences. Oh no, Microsoft was six. Sorry, yeah. I'm thinking Square was three. Mm. Yeah, I, I got mm. up for the Microsoft one. <laughs> I was but, um, me too. Oh, sorry, Ali. Oh no, I had nothing to say except for well, I'm always up at that hour anyway. So it's not like technically I just I just woke up and happened to be in time. Uh, I was still awake last night for the Nintendo conference at 2am. So oh, wow. uh, I caught the first half an hour of that before I fell asleep. Um, what, what were you doing up till 2? I was just hanging out for Nintendo, dude. I <laughs> was so keen to see the Nintendo showcase, to see what they would do uh, with Pokemon Let's Go. Eevee and Pikachu and um, uh, yeah, did not disappoint uh, until mm-hmm. I fell asleep, and then when I woke up and watched the rest of it, did not disappoint me then either. Uh, great rap, <laughs> great recap. Definitely, definitely. And that's why the listeners come here, for those cutting-edge cutting, a, cutting edge opinions just like that. There. Yeah, but, um, it gets better. Just stay with us for a, a little bit longer. It does, it does. So, so before we go into E3, maybe have you guys been playing anything of note, anything you want to update us on that's that you've been sort of smashing through this week? Um, I've actually been continuing on with Detroit Become Human. Now, last episode, I mentioned that I thought I killed off my character, therefore killed off a storyline. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't. It apparently, um, 
I get a second chance. And what I've learned is you actually get multiple chances with this character, who is like more of a detective, detective mm. android. We are talking of Connor. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, and But the interesting thing that they say is that if you keep dying, it keeps on corrupting your case and what you remember and what you don't. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's so cool. Um, yeah, well, I've already killed him twice. Um, <laughs> so I thought the first time I'm like, oh, good, I get a second chance. Boop, killed him again. Um, Gotta know. So what does that do yeah. in terms of corrupting the case? Does that, like, um, does that change... You know who killed who, or I, the evidence. I, like, does he misremember yeah, things? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to like interrupt on what I, what my character actually remembers, or what my character can actually bring up. Like, right, you know, like, in, like in conversation. Yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, but uh, the detective that you work with, uh, Lieutenant Anderson, Hank. Hank Anderson. Oh, why do I remember him as his professional name? Um, maybe I'm very Connorish. Um, but he's isn't he the bad not the bad guy, but the the training guy from Starship Troopers? Yes, he is. He's the one when the like where the larger guy takes his helmet off and gets shot in the head. He's the guy that's training them all up yeah, at the start. He's obviously got the crew cut back then. Yeah, but he's yeah, got yeah, the that's crew him. cut and everything. But I'm like looking at him. I'm like, you are that guy, aren't you? Mm. Uh, like and I can't get that out of my head. It's like it's because it's futuristic. I'm like, oh, he became a detective and now he's like washed up. So I've got like that whole story going in my head now that doesn't even exist. Mm. Um, but you get to pet a dog in this game too, so it already earns more points as well. So, Ali, how are you finding it? Are you still really enjoying your time with it? Like uh, now that you've sort of chipped in a little bit further into the story. Obviously, Connor's died twice now, <laughs> but like, how are you enjoying the three arcs? Obviously, you've got Marcus, you've got. Uh, Kara and Alice, and then you've got Connor. How how are you finding him? Um, so I thought I was going to really get into Marcus's story, but I'm not. I, I actually really don't care for his. I love Connor's story. I love the whole detective work. Um, but then Kara and Alice. Mm-hmm. So Ugh. I haven't finished. I still haven't finished this game yet. And I know our listeners won't believe me but I get too emotional playing this game. I've cried multiple times, and so I actually have to stop playing because I'm getting a little bit too emotional playing the game. Yeah. I do have wow. a heart in here. Only a game about fucking androids could break it. Hmm. But yeah, <laughs> it's just I get too like, <gasps> okay, I think I need a break. So I've had to do it in like segments because, yeah, it's pretty tough. Pretty yeah, their, tough. their story arc rattled me from almost the get-go like right from the jump when you you come home after getting repaired um you know in the android factory and stuff and you see alice and you meet i can't remember her dad's name you know but he's a drunken mess mm. and from there it was just i was hooked and i was just drawn in and i was the same like i never had to stop playing the game but there was times where i was like jaw to the floor emotionally sort of distraught a couple of tears here or there and a few scenes as well so i feel you i feel you it's and it's great storytelling. It's funny because I remember last week when you said, like, no, like, I wanted to follow down this storyline, but after a while I got really attached and I completely went against what my, you know, normal instincts would be. Yeah, I kind of went that way too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know where this is going. So far, so, so far, Connor's my only death twice. Um, 
but everyone else I think is relatively okay. They're actually doing really well considering. That's good. That's good. I'm excited to, to, to unpack this with you more offline once you've finished it and sort of talk about where your story went and when our know. paths sort of veered off. I don't want to finish it. I'm really scared of fucking it up now. <laughs> I'm really anxious yeah. and nervous that I'm going <clears> to fuck did. up something because I'm doing... I did and it hurt me bad. Oh, no. So, yeah, I have... that's why I haven't finished it. I'm just like, I get too emotional and now I'm really anxious about fucking it up. Can't help but notice too... that there's a printer running in the background there. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... That's that's actually I'm building androids over here. That was sort of the AI becoming self-aware. Spoilers a little oh. bit uh, to tie in nicely. <laughs> Good save. Good save. Yeah. <laughs> Cut them audience members. They bought it, didn't they? <laughs> uh, so just to bring everyone else in on the joke, because I feel like it needs to happen. We waited 15 minutes at the start of tonight uh, before we hit record, so that Brendan could print off his E3 notes. Uh, his printer, as you can tell, time traveled from the 1980s <laughs> to be with us She's here tonight for E3. Uh, yeah. And look, to be honest, I'm grateful. I'm just super grateful because it's the dumbest, funniest <laughs> thing. Uh, it'd, it'd be made even better if it was one of those old dot matrix printers we have to spool the paper in and then when it's done printing, you sort of tear it off along yeah, the line. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, I kind of wish this was like a video podcast so that we can just put an image of the printer on the screen right now for everyone at home. It should go up on, on the website, on the Twitters at least, just so that everyone can see what you're rolling printer-wise. Okay, I'll take, I'll take a photo. But um, give it eyes and, and, and arms it. and just write Detroit because... <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and work out how to, re- to reword Epson into somebody's name. And, um, or it could be my stepson. Oh! <gasps> It's my Android, the stepson robot. Don't let anyway. it near me. I'll probably kill it. <laughs> oh, that was dark. Sorry. Let me cry, so, let me cry about it. <laughs> so I have been playing a little ditty by a company called Hi-Res Studios, and the game is known as Realm Royale. So it is yet another one of these games in an area that not many people know about called Battle Royale. Uh, it's... It's taken the best parts in my my sort of bastardized description of this game. It's the best parts of Fortnite and the best parts of World of Warcraft. So you've got five separate character classes. Uh, you've got specific abilities that you can map to, you know, your keys or your controller. Uh, you've obviously got the same dynamics that you do in, in traditional Battle Royale games where it's, you know, 100 down to 1, whether it be solos, duos, or squads of four. Uh, but one other cool thing I've liked because they do play on that sort of more quirky side of, of the battle royale games. When you do get down, you know, in these games, you get shot, usually go to ground to get healed in realm royale. When you get shot, you become a chicken and you run around with little white flag and you're clucking and this like chicken esque soundtrack plays. And if you can stay alive for 30 seconds, you then respawn back as your character class. So, and you've got three cracks at that in game. So you've got three second chances to, uh, you know, make it to the final dance to win one of those uh, crown royales. But it's so fun. It is so fun. It is quirky. It knows what it's trying to be and it knows what it's not trying to be. Like there's no building from like in Fortnite. There's no sort of serious tense 
sort of long range shootouts or, or camping in a building a la you'd see in PUBG. It's just running around, shooting, using your abilities. Like the classes, there's warrior, there's assassin, there's mage, there's hunter, and there's engineer. They're the five and they've got their own sort of different different sort of play styles, obviously. Um, and then you've, you get an ultimate weapon for each one of those guys when you level it up in a forge. So when you scrap weapons, kill enemies and things like that, you get... Uh, shards and then X amount of shards you can get your ultimate weapon your ultimate piece of armor or your ultimate ability so there's just this new little fun spin that's chucked on top of the battle royale sort of scene that is you know extremely oversaturated at the moment but it stands out very very well and it's well worth playing I really want to play with you guys well I've actually installed it based on your um, your advice so uh, I will give that one a go um I just want to be a chicken. It's so funny. It is ridiculous. Have, hey, Dream, have you seen much at all for, for Realm Royale yet? Yeah, I've seen plenty. Um, I haven't installed it yet because, um, and you mentioned just a, a moment ago before, that um, it has Australian servers now. Um, so when it launched, it didn't. And the streamers I was watching were just having like latency mm. issues. So it didn't really seem like a really... And their computers are like high-end. Mine's crap. My internet's not the best. So... It wasn't a good fit, but now it probably is. Um, it like yeah, it looks interesting and uh, looks about as interesting as a battle royale game can look. Mm. Um, I think. I I wonder how long it'll be around. Like now that because you, you see like the bit of a trend here now where it's like PUBG was explosive this time last year. All anyone was talking about was PUBG. That's all anyone could fucking talk about. Packs last year, PUBG everywhere. And then Fortnite blew it out of the water. And when you look at Twitch now, like Realm Royale is already hitting the 100,000 viewers mark. Um, over the weekend, it was more popular than Fortnite. People are talking about it in a really positive way. So it's like, well, okay, what does this mean for Fortnite? You know, is, is it kind of had its day already? Mm. Um, and then just with E3 going by and like three or four new Battle Royale games announced or modes announced, it's like, well, what the fuck? Uh, like, it's crazy. It's madness. Um, I like this game. I'm, I'm just curious, like more than anything about how, how well it's going to do and for how long. I, I think you'll enjoy it, especially because you're a bit of a bit of a WoW fan, obviously. So I think you'll enjoy the class-based style where you've got not only uh, your weapons you're picking up, whether it be a gun, a crossbow, a sword, or your two ultimate attacks. So you've got, I think there's four it, different ones you can get per class, and you can only obviously carry two of them at once. So you can mix and match if you want to more so be uh, attack or more defensive or more of a support hero, depending on the class. So there is a lot of utility and variety in how you want to go about it. Yeah. There is, like, you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's interesting. And, like, that on its own um, merit is kind of reason enough to play the game. Um, like, again, I, I'm actually just more curious about Battle Royale in general now. Mm. It's like, well, what's the next one yeah. going to be? Is the next one a racing you know, game <laughs> or some shit in a Battle Royale mode? And the one after that is an RPG in a, in a Battle Royale mode. And, like, this is clearly a just, like, MOBA. Um, this is more MOBA. Mm. Um, more than RPG, I think, um, game mechanics built into a battle royale system. Yeah, definitely. And it fucking, it almost annoys me. Um, 
<laughs> like, it's just, I, you can't deny it. Like, Battle Royales are just the one thing everyone loves, um, even the critics. But it's like, it's also kind of, I don't know, I'm fatigued. I'm BR mm. fatigued. I think that's a fair statement to say being, like, kind of fatigued and a little bit overwhelmed now. It's just kind of... Yeah. I, I have a question with this one. So, you can have play as a team. Yes. Can you have... A whole team of the same kind of class, yeah. or do you have to divvy it up? No, you can. Yeah, you so, can. so you could have four hunters or four mages. Uh, you you oh. can mix it up as much as like. It's not as if it's sort of like Overwatch, where you know someone selects that character and then they're blanked out. You can have That's exactly what I was You thinking. can have a team, <laughs> a team makeup, however you choose, which is great because. You know, you could have two warriors. One could be more support and can be dropping shields and health buffs, and the other one can be more the the sort of a, a attack or you know pseudo tank for it as well. Um, so no, it's mm. it's good. It's good fun. It's really good. You fun. can't you can't change between them. No, you're locked in whole um, match. Yeah, like okay. in Overwatch, where you change between your um your heroes. Yep. You can change out your abilities on the fly, but yeah, you can't change your, your hero. Or your or your character class, so but nuts, but the, it's really good. But like the and I was watching it. Sorry, just to kind of give a bit of a positive note to it. Like I was watching it the other night. I think um, the guys I was watching were, they were crafting. Um, you have to go to like a forge mm-hmm. and craft your your gear and or spells, and it like that's a cool dynamic where you have now um, these these not stronghold but like these. Um, points of interest on the map which will attract people to go there and and actually fight um that that to me really interested me like it's creating zones now where it's actually really valuable for you to get there and it's not because there's a loot box Mm. like chest thing there Mm. um i think it is clever i think it's certainly more original than fortnite when you compare it to PUBG and h1z1 it's it's like it's like they've actually put more effort in than just like building it's really well not, done. In- not to shit on building because building's good. <laughs> yeah, building's okay. I'm just crap at it. It's okay. It's just like it's. This is obviously a more original, more original ideas on top of the battle royale mm. format. But as yeah. as you said, Sam, the um, the forge mechanic that they've instilled in the game is fantastic. Like, obviously, there is a high reward for the player to go there and try and forge their ultimate weapon, their ultimate ability, or their ultimate piece of armor. But on the back mm. of that, the second someone's using the forge, you can see smoke coming out of the chimney. So you know when mm. somebody's in there. So that, as you said, there's a real real sort of sense of urgency or a push to get there. Because if you kill those people that are in there using the forge, you can pick up their weapons once or their armor or their item once it's been uh, crafted as well. So mm. yeah, oh, wow. there, there's a lot of shenanigans at those forges. Every single game we've played, it always ends up with some kind of chaos there. And, um, I gotta say, you got me a bit hyped. And the other thing that I want to mention too is everybody has a mount, so you've got a horse mount that you can summon anytime, except inside a inside a house or a building. So you can get oh. it, you can traverse the map really quickly as well. Well, I can't wait to play this one. And it's Friday. It's free Friday. Yes, it's so good. What's with these <clears> good <throat> games being free lately? Uh, they're they're sneaky. They're <laughs> sneaky because there is on the on the home menu. There's a, a section there for battle pass, which is obviously not yet clickable. Uh, I've already seen different skins come out for say your chicken. When you when you do get down, there's like a, a sort of oh, an okay. old timey criminal chicken with like the the black eye eye band and like the black and white stripes sort of prison um, oh, outfits. No. So so you're going to start me. to see a lot of that. But that's where they'll They've make. It's just me. like Fortnite. It's, they'll have they'll have skins yeah. on rotation. 
It's the yeah. same thing. But dressing up a chicken? Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Yeah. I've got my money. It's so cute. Like, you, you sit there because when you're running around, your chicken's making noise. But if you stop, your chicken stops making noise. He's just sitting there, like, in a corner, shaking with a little white flag in his hand. He's got, like, a black eye shiner. And he's just this panicked little chicken. And it's fucking so good. <laughs> I don't want to play this now. Mm. Maybe after this, who knows? See how we're feeling. Maybe. It's so fun though. Seriously, I recommend anyone that's a fan of the Battle Royale genre or haven't been sure of Battle Royale, but maybe they like a bit of the, sort of that more role play mechanic or like a, a WoW based sort of flavored game. This is a good entry point for you guys and girls out there to give it a crack. And it's free. That's a great sales point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spe- right. Speaking of WoW, uh,. I this week had I feel like I feel like my gaming this week is kind of like it's the kick in the teeth I deserve for playing games like World of Warcraft and League of Legends. Oh. Uh, I um I'll start with I'll start with League of Legends. Uh I haven't played it for a while and I only picked it up recently. I talked about it a little bit last week. So I I just thought I'd do ranked for whatever reason i was like i just i'm curious to see how how competitive i really am now and the first 10 matches you play in ranked are your placement matches they figure out what league you actually fall into now um there are 10 of these and i was at one loss and seven wins out of eight games uh and i was really starting to feel confident i was like this is not a fluke i am obviously a fucking legend at this game i I was getting, um, you get scored at the end of each game now, like S through to like, mm-hmm. I think D or E or whatever. Uh, and I was getting like A plus, S minus, S, S minus, like S plus some games. I was really like nailing it. And I was feeling really good. And I was blown away by my own awesomeness in League of Legends. It'd been so long. I've come back to this game. I'm obviously a prodigy at the age of 28. Uh, <laughs> so, so, and the one loss I got as well wasn't actually a loss. It was a disconnect, um, from my machine, my machine DC. And when I got back in the game, it ended, um, because of that. So I was like, I'm almost perfect. I ended up getting nine wins and that one disconnect. And I got placed in silver five, which is the, it's the div- second lowest division, lowest rank of that division so wow five. so they did not respect your nine and one they <clears throat> and like they it's almost like they knew i was fucking disappointed because the little message that comes up to tell you like what rank you're in it said you're in silver five please be mindful that most players start in a division lower than where they finished in the previous season like almost if as if to say we get it you did good so we'll give you silver five but be grateful because we could have made you bronze Oh, um, wow. Those sassy, yeah. bright bastards. That's how I, I read it. it. And I, I have a bad <laughs> habit of reading or taking everything to offense as like some kind of personal attack on my character. Mm. It happens often, obviously. Uh, so I took this to be an attack on my character, promptly uninstalled League of Legends. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> but I maintain that I am the fucking best support, S-rank support in the game. Um, I will say when we used to play many, many moons ago, you were always supporting me exceptionally. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you a due. 
I still try and support you even now in real life, Brendan. Even now. <laughs> um, so that was the first kind of spanking I got by video games this week. The second one, the second one's just kind of like obvious. So in World of Warcraft, um, everyone knows you fly. You can fly around and stuff. And in the old, back in the old expansions, it used to just be like when you get max level, you just buy the flying license. Like that's all you have to do. You just spend some gold and then you can fly everywhere. You buy a license? And yeah, it's it's how they limit your ability to fly. So the like the thinking I think at the time is just you can walk around and shit and use like ground mounts until you hit max level and then they let you fly everywhere. You just spend <laughs> gold for the privilege. Um but Blizzard didn't like that. Um they thought like I think that there's so much good game content in there and flying really cheats a lot of that. And so they really wanted to stop flying in later expansions, and the obviously the player base just lost their shit because people just want to grind and like you know go and farm mats and shit. So like flying is crucial. So Blizzard's like, all right, we'll let you fly, but you've got to do all of this shit, like all of this stuff. So what is and it like a ridiculous quest line they've implemented to make it's, it happen? It's like or? a ridiculous it's ridiculous achievements, right? And <clears> it's <throat> in every expansion for the last I think 3. So I did all of that shit. I did the achievements to earn the flying mount. I looked at how much played time uh I have on this character and cuz this character was like a like one of those um like rush to 110 characters like I bought the 110 boost. All the game time I had on this guy was like directly contributing to these achievements. It took five days of game time. Um, Yeah, like whatever that works out to be, 122 hours, I think it is. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Or less, uh, 120 something. But yeah, it took me that fucking long to get this flying mount. And the last part of it was like in particular, like a real grind. Because you have to grind rep. And the only way to do that is through quests. You can only do so many in a day. So every day I'll be logging in trying to do these quests. And I finally did it. And I like got the flying mount out in the fucking broken aisles where like I just got the license to fly. And the thing started flying. And I started yelling at the top of my lungs. Holy shit! Fuck! Ah! Like so... <laughs> fucking excited i've never been this excited in my life and then like all at once reality came crashing down on me i was like wait what now what straight away no fucking idea what to do next why am i playing this game where do i go i was just so lost i was a lost little puppy straight away Five days. I I just picture that scene from Free Willy where like you're almost a little boy doing the raised fist in the air and you're like mounts flying above you. And and yeah, in Free Willy 12 or whatever it would be these days, they'd be, yeah, what do I do now? My my pet orca whale is fucked off. Where does life take me now? Yeah. And I don't have... I don't have a valid answer for that. Heroes of the Storm, is that what you suggested? No, Alan? I said should have gone to uh, school. Yeah. I meant that so, for the 12-year-old kid for free, Willie. Like, <laughs> All right. I should have gone as well, maybe. I don't know. Um, so I had this weird week of gaming where I achieved. I felt like I achieved so much, only to realize that I achieved nothing and that my gaming life is still empty and hollow. 
And it always, I feel like it's always going to be this way. I need something more satisfying. You need to download um, Realm Royale. You also need to go buy a copy of God of War and also Detroit Become Human. Yeah. Well, I, what, what I have done, and this might be, this might actually be doubling down on said week of nothingness. Um, I downloaded Path of Exile. Ooh, oh, damn. Yeah, which is like dense uh, is the only way I can explain it. It is just dense. Um, so I'm going to take a deep dive into that this week, I think, and see see what comes up. But um, if you ever want to go flying in Broken Isles, I'm your boy. I'm chill boy. Um, come along with me and uh, we'll, I'll show you the the wonders of Valrajar or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called. I don't know. You, Broken really Isles, this it. boy can fly. Sam will yeah. be your Aladdin. He will show you the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that is my week in gaming. Well, should we move on to what we might call the world's week in gaming with the biggest event in the gaming calendar held in uh, Los Angeles, California, E3 2018. Uh, the press conferences have officially closed, as mentioned in the opener. We move into the E3 show now for the, for the remainder of the week. But uh, should we dive in and, and talk about what our thoughts are? Of the, on the event, what do you reckon? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we were talking, listeners, and we've decided we're not going to do sort of like a conference by conference recap because that's just insane. Uh, the amount of games and miles to cover to uh, you know give give opinions and all that would make this podcast run maybe five six hours. Uh, we don't want to do that. We're not about that, and we don't want to put you guys through that. So we're going to sort of compress it down. <laughs> It would be an it ordeal. Would. <laughs> it would definitely be an We'd ordeal. We'd probably all come out of it for the worse sort of thing. It's it's not one where you come out a change person for the better. It's you, You're looking for a needle to stick in your veins after six hours of that kind of nonsense. <laughs> like, it is some heavy shit. <laughs> Graphic. So dark. It is. It is. Um, and it may tie in with some of our, our, our thoughts on E3. There was some interesting... Interesting things shown or not shown, but uh, yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to sort of compress our recap into our own personal top fives. So that can be a gaming moment, a announcement, a conference in general, and then we're going to round it off with our best and worst in show. And that's going to be best game, best conference, and then obviously worst game and worst conference attached on the back of that too. So should we start off with our... You know, fifth or our number five uh, in our in our sort of top five for the list. Ali, what's what are you chucking in as your uh, number five in this list here? Just notice I must have been a little bit hungry because I wrote Elder Scrolls um, six. <laughs> They're stale. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in there for a long time. Um, I've written wasn't much, but eh. Um, I did ask last week. I think I think I mentioned that if I wanted something, I just want the tiniest bit. I just want just a little tiny bit. And boy, golly, did they serve me just a fucking tiny little bit? They um, certainly heard you. Yeah, those <laughs> loud and clear. Um, almost, almost nothing. <laughs> you got almost got nothing. In fact, in fact, it might have been better nothing. to show <laughs> nothing and just. Do what um do what they did for the Star Wars reveal where you just have your man mm. in in the audience and it's like yeah we're doing it yeah, yeah Star it's Wars out next year. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, 
I mean, I now. I don't know if I don't know his name. Maybe Brendan, do you have that on a yeah, note check somewhere? Your papers. I've name. got that many notes. It's in here somewhere. But it's, it's the guy. It's the head of respawn entertainment. I can't remember his name though. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess, like, yeah, for them saying like the rationale of like, oh, at least we know they're making it. It's like, of course they're fucking making mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not going to follow up their biggest game ever. I, I appreciate <laughs> the jokes and the whole skit that they did with like playing it on the um, the Alexa, the Amazon dot or whatever it is. Um, and um, apparently mm. that's real. Apparently it is can, real. Yeah, it's real. You you it can real, you can yeah. download that that sort of firmware update via Amazon and uh, get it. Sadly, it's not available in the Australian region. You can only buy it via the US store. Oh. But um, it's a real thing. I watched some YouTube videos of people that had it activated already, and it is fucking fantastic. Oh, damn. Mm. Well, of course, we wouldn't have access to it. Why would we in Australia? Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I made it my number five because technically I got what I wanted. What I really um, didn't like about that specifically was that we don't have a title for it at all. <clears throat> um like Skyrim, Morrowind, you know, it, it, we got nothing to sort of indicate what kind of Elder Scrolls game it is. It's really like, it's really bare bones. Well, and the thing is, like, <laughs> if you listen to some of the verbiage that Todd was throwing around in the conference, like, this game sounds like it is for next next gen. Like, we won't see this game on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. We're going to see this on ps5 and xbox 152 or whatever they're going to call this console so this game's still probably yeah. four years away i hope they like fire i'm sorry i'm sick of waiting yeah my my friend my my friends uh i was talking about it with my buddy uh who said it will come out he's my age like 28 he's like it'll come out when we're 32 and I don't know if I want to have enough time to play a game like this at 32 like if I do where the fuck am I and it's kind of crazy when you think about it but like it really will be more than 10 years after Skyrim that we're getting the follow up hang on fuck your friend's comment (laughs) yeah I'm I'm 32 in like six weeks time He's not a gamer like us. He's not a gamer like yeah, us. He, he's some um, bloody street worker but it's on the co- corner somewhere. No, but I think it's. I thought. I you think it sticks with me because it's a. <laughs> I think it sticks with me because it's an interesting comment about the audience of Skyrim and the average gamer. Like fucking, not everyone's going to be around for ten years <clears throat> for the follow up of you know the game so they now love. You're saying people are dying. No, I'm saying people move oh. on. You know. <laughs> People who were 21, um, you know, a lot of those motherfuckers have families and shit and not enough time to probably invest in an, an epic like Elder Scrolls 6 will no doubt be. Uh, I'm not saying like I necessarily am that person as well. I will absolutely be mm. playing this game. But uh, I, I know I thought it was interesting. It's, it's just it's one of those franchises where... Yeah, they, they literally sprinkle the breadcrumb in front of people and they're like, oh, that's that's enough for me to eat on, like to chew on for the next three years until this game comes out sort of thing. Like, it, It's a reverse <clears throat> fallout. Mm. It's a reverse fallout. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how they almost have, like it's from the same damn company, but yet one's this slow burn year on year on year tiny snippet updates and then you get the fallout franchise and it's like oh by the way the game is out in three months time or four months time or something mm. um i don't know like i'm i'm super hyped for elder scrolls 6 like take my money but yeah this thing 
is a ways out. I don't think we're going to see it on our current gen uh, platform, which is you know probably going to be pretty tough. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What was your one, Brendan? Um, I'm I'm on the Bethesda train here too with my my number five, and I wanted to give a little shout out to uh, Fallout seventy six, which obviously we talked about uh, in in some pretty good detail in the previous episode of THG. Uh, I liked what Bethesda did as far as showcasing the game in their conference. Like they gave it a lot of time. It was almost like a sort of Q&A session where they were sort of, you know, pulling up a thing. This is what happens in multiplayer. This is what happens in the world. This is the new map. It's four times the size of Fallout 4. Bit of backstory on on the area, like in West Virginia where that's recorded. Um, you know, I really, really liked how Todd uh, introduced every every part that they were talking about. And then they tied it in nicely with the like the little old-timey retro sort of informational videos. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously weaved it into gameplay mm. like it was really 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 well executed um i really like the online aspect of it like there's a lot of people out there like i don't want to play this my fallout experiences are singular and i don't want to share and all this bullshit but i like that they are allowing you to play like singular but then if you jump into let's say i jump into one of your respective games all my saves and my levels and everything will follow me in there. So it's not a, a fresh sort of reskin every time I, I jump from game to game. I can I can level up and, and carry on the story with yourselves as well, which I think is great. Yeah, I agree with you on the showcase. I think um, I'll just come right out and say it because uh, I don't want to wait to the end. This is actually, I think, the best presented game in the entire um, conference. Uh, I think the jokes land, every <clears throat> single one of them land. I think um, the presentation on whole um, was just flawless. Like, they get their audience, they get what people love about Fallout. Um, it just fucking nailed it. I don't love the game. I don't really know if I'll play the game. And I, I, I sort of base that on... I played I played Older Scrolls Online... It was a nothing online experience from a franchise that I thought was amazing. I think is amazing. And I just don't know that Bethesda know how to deliver on online games. Um, I I also don't know that they know what the fuck the Fallout online experience is meant to look Mm. like. Um, It just seems like... Like, they throw... They they spin everything in a positive. um, But it sounds like a lot of nothing when you really consider it. It's like... It's almost like Minecraft... The Minecraft way of just saying, here's the tools, go and build. Um, Mm -hmm. Except that's not what Fallout is. Fallout is story and world. And, you know, it's fine details that build this whole fucking crazy post-apocalyptic universe, which people love. And and that's, you know, that's my impression of what people play the fucking series yeah i've i've so i think it's lukewarm i i don't know that it'll have much of a shelf life this game i I think it will like there and and it was was evident in their presentation that they expect this game to be around for for many years you know they were talking about ongoing server support and making this a living game bringing in new content and new events and things like that uh but two things that sort of piqued my interest for good and bad is there was no showcasing of vats and uh, obviously, that's one of the big things. Well, how does it? it how could yeah, that work? Yeah, it won't work, work online. It so I'm assuming it's gone. Yeah. And 
Exactly. So it's kind of like one core part of the Fallout universe that's kind of not there. Yeah, now. like I used to love trying to calculate, you know, where the critical hit's going to happen and, you know, this shot is going to either lead me to victory or if I fuck this up, I'm dead sort of thing. So that's all gone and it's becoming more of a, a first-person shooter, uh, like, you know, which Bethesda do very well. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that key cog in Fallout makes me sort of a little bit hesitant. Let me throw another one at you, Nukes. Oh, that's where I was going uh, next, yeah. Right, this would be great because I feel like you're about to talk about how fun it's going to be. I am. I think I'm on the fence, to be honest. Like, I remember playing Fallout 3 and deciding whether to spare or to blow up Megaton, remember, with the nuke way back when and the amount of weight that that decision had on it where you either eliminate this small community or, you know, you, you don't do it and it's got other repercussions in the game. Yet yet in yeah. 76, you go out and find these these sort of launch keys in-game and then you can just drop nukes on anybody willy-nilly, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like your base gets nuked for the fifth time in three months as if you're going to keep going back. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't I don't see the appeal there. I, like, and they... It's more than just the attack on pvp it's well i'll rephrase that and say it's more than just pvp like the nuke has another feature of being able to sort of burrow underground and then you know wherever's nuked is also a place where you can get a lot of treasures and stuff and that's cool i just i don't know it's like eh. it, de- it definitely lends itself to griefing and trolling like yeah um yeah you know <laughs> I- if i get nukes dude i'm making one person's life hell and that's my satisfaction mm. <laughs> like I'm just gonna troll It'll people. Be me. Um, I don't think it'll. Well, I don't think you can really control them that much because it's it is like there's no servers, as you said. It's kind of like you're just with a group of maybe sixty odd people at a time, and so you would constantly be changing groups as you log out and log back in and stuff. I'm mm. guessing like GTA. It'd be like GTA, yeah, right? Correct. Where you're in the yeah, city, certain instance, and you've got your stuff in the city, but. It's yeah, it's instant. But but then, the one thing, oh, sorry, you go, Ellie. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, if it's like kind of like that, then what happens when you build your own little base? Well, I think, I think it all kind of. This could be me just talking out of my ass, but I thought I saw that there was like a thing that compacts your base. Yeah, you can you can carry your base around. around. It's like I can't remember the yeah. name of it, but it almost looked like a little mini suitcase thing, and you can deploy that, yeah. and it'll. I guess somehow oh, insta build okay. your base, but it'll also tie in. Say, say you're in the game and I join your game. I'll mm-hmm. follow. Like I'll be in your world with the universe you've been creating and sharing. But and I think it's the same if mm-hmm. you were to jump in mine. So yeah, okay. I don't think we'll have ba- our bases in everyone, but they'll be saved to our own personal save, and then depends on who's jumping into whose game. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I look forward to having you all over for tea. Hmm. But the the one thing I, I need clarification on is what's the max party size? Because all the footage, and even just looking at that when they had the the parties together, it was just a maximum of four people. I'm hoping it's more than four. I want it to be more than four. No. Yeah, I I think like I think of like games like uh, Monster Hunter Worlds, and I just think these games that have so much promise, they just never really stick. And I just see this as being one what of them. What do you mean? You can be Mega Man in Monster Hunter Worlds now. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you are you playing Monster Hunter Worlds no, anytime soon? Not. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Mega Man. All right. Wonderful. All right, Dream. What is your number five? 
Um, so my number five, I feel like I'm going to get shot on a bit, but um, my number five is The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit because um, I'm a sap. I'm an absolute sap. And, uh, and Ali, you cry when robots like break down or whatever. And I cry anytime like there's a sort of quintessential Disney moment of like sadness or like uplifting courage i tear up calm down aladdin like straight away um no i do and so like a game like this is naturally gonna tug on my heartstrings um i thought this looked like a really fun not fun but like a really interesting game it's obviously the life is strange spin-off from um uh from don't nod and you got you got that on your notes Brilliant. I just know these things because um, oh, okay. I really enjoyed this trailer. I actually was the same. Yeah. I, I liked the tone. I think that um, I, I think that it it actually does a really good job of capturing a child's imagination. So there's this fantastic um, uh, sort of sequence where he's transforming. It was in I think it was in Sony. No, Sony's in conference. the Xbox. I might have that wrong. In the Xbox conference. They debuted it. Yeah, but it was in two. It was in two conferences. Oh, it would have been in Square. Sorry. Um, so the one they showed at Square actually had the boy transforming into his gear. And it's his imagination of like the costume, you know, shaping onto his body or morphing onto his body. And it ends with him and his hand up in the air, sort of like, yeah. And then it cuts out of the dream sequence and he's just standing in his room. He's got his arm up and he's sort of looking around and he's just coming back to reality. I think that's just kind of, that perfectly captures... Mm-hmm what it's like to be a kid it's just you get so lost and caught up in your own world and then all of a sudden you're like back and you're like oh fuck um and then of course it's obvious that around this you know this kid with this fantastic imagination is this story about um how everything else in this kid's life is kind of crap and this is his escape from all of that um it was really cool seeing the like the snowman with the um uh, like the firecracker in his mouth and like that's the fireball like the genius sort of mm-hmm. things this kid's doing to sort of fill and, and live his dream um, I thought it was just kind of touching and again I'm a sap so I'm all for this and this is out it's out in a couple of weeks uh, <clears throat> yeah this is first out episode is free on I think the 23rd or 26th of June I can't remember what date but it's out in like two weeks time uh, have you played Life of Strange. Life is Strange. No, I haven't. And you really need to. Uh, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely interested in doing it now. Um, they were saying the two guys from Don't Nod when they got up on the stage to talk about this game, they were talking about how this is sort of an introduction into the world of Life is Strange Two and how there are characters in um, in this that are going to be sort of featured in Life is Strange Two, and all of that meant nothing to <laughs> me because I had no reference for what what happens in life is strange i just know that it's a sort of you know a story game where you you're just kind of going through this narrative as opposed to like you know playing something highly interactive um and even that is shaky mm-hmm. my understanding of that is shaky so yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm sold yeah, on do, it though do like, yourself think, a favor i think it's pretty I cool think and, and get your hands on life is strange play it through you're saying you're a bit of a sap and, and you want that emotional connection and that sort of the rumbling. Sap. it'll do it to you man yeah. it'll do it to you don't nod 
absolutely crush that space um, as far as sort mm. of those narrative-based adventures uh, with the heavy emotional sort of um, you know, tie down with it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen as for this. And first episode's for free. Like, hell yeah. In a couple of weeks' time, let's play it and cry together. Mm-hmm. Brendan, uh, what is your number four? My number four... I feel bad having it as number four because it probably should be higher up on the list. But it is on mine. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven <laughs> is my number four. Uh, my God, the excitement levels went from a hundred to a million when this trailer hit, and it was so perfectly executed. Like the end of the Xbox conference, and then Phil Spencer saying his goodbyes. You know, they get a, a cyber attack, and then it's straight into the trailer and. It was a hell of a way to end that that conference, but you know, no gameplay, but the trailer itself looked fucking phenomenal. It was so well done. The art style, the characters, mm. the grittiness, the I don't know, just the, the the coolness that it oozed, I yeah. think, from start to finish. It was just like, I wanna be in this world. I need to be in this world. And um on the back of that I've been list, uh, watching and reading and listening to some people that have had some hands-on with it. They've had they've got about an hour playable demo behind closed doors at E3, mm-hmm. and they're saying it is phenomenal. It, it's a mixture of The Witcher meets Deus Ex meets Crisis, to give you an idea. And I love all three of those those sort C- of Crisis throws you a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> crisis is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <clears throat> Look, yeah. I gotta say, like the trailer was phenomenal. Um, I was disappointed that we have been waiting all this time and all we did get was a trailer. Um, I also felt yeah. just a little bit shocked based on, um, I, I, if we all remember when we all saw the very first, like, video for this, uh, for Cyberpunk, mm. um, 27.7, um, it was this beautiful graphic of what we're assuming is like an android or a robot and like the textures, the graphics and everything like that. It looked stunning. It was breathtaking. And I remember I was just like, what is this? I need to know what this is. And then, you know, crossing now to the trailer that we saw and I was just kind of like, okay. It's not the same game. It's not the same game at all. Tonally, it's very different um, to the teaser that they released five years ago. It looks like... Uh, like that robot that you're referring to, you know, she's got these two blades in her arms. She's obviously just killed something or things. Um, she's been fired at by police. Um, and it's, and she's being arrested or detained or something. And then in this one, it's like, oh, cyberpunk, you're a cyberpunk hustler and you hustle in this hustle city of cyberpunk people. Yeah. Um, It's a different game. Totally. Like I, the vibe that I got, and a lot of people are going to be like, that's a horrible thing to say, but it's a good thing for me, is I actually got a very Sunset Overdrive kind of feel, like a little bit, mm-hmm. with like the funky outfits and the, uh, you know, the future that they built, um, lots of color, but then also a lot of deterioration and everything like that, so... Um, I, I'm excited still. I'm sad that there's no multiplayer. I could have sworn that there was meant to be multiplayer once upon a time, but apparently it's just strictly single player now. And apparently um, it's right. locked in first person. I don't know if they are going to do sort of the third person over the shoulder like in The Witcher, but it's from all the hands-on mm. experience the last day or so, it is all talking about first person perspective. That sucks because I feel like this is the kind of game where you would dress up your character and get to see your character walking on the street. You can customize your character. So maybe there is cutscenes where you'd see it and things like that. Oh. But um, yeah, in general mm. gameplay, it's just through your eyes. Yeah. 
Well, where where did you where do you have this ranked, Alan? Uh, this was actually my number two because of the general the general like vibe and positive nature that I got from it. I still have a lot of questions, but I guess it like I guess like I, I was still I'm still hyped for it. Like like I based all my all my things here based on my hype levels and how much I want to play it. So. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's what it should be. It should all be hyped. <laughs> That's gaming. <laughs> That's the gaming yeah. industry. That's, yeah. That's what we uh, measure yeah. everything on nowadays. I I have it as number three, and I I think it looks fantastic, and I am super hyped for this game. Um, my one like thing that, that irks me just like the littlest, and it's not even a big thing, but just no release date. So um, yeah. we still have no not idea even where this game is. Not even a year, yeah, exactly. So it's been five already, and to not have a year but have the trailer, like again, nice, but ah, just it looks amazing. I want to play it now. Tell me, tell me when I can play. Yeah. It. You can play it it's, after you play Elder um, Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pa- pro- probably. Yeah, no, um, I'm thinking 2020 also, when we'll see some. Also, Phil Spencer, um, he's the man. This view is probably going to polarize people phil i look at phil spencer now and all i can see is gavin belson oh no i hate gavin yeah, belson. i hate to say it what i hate that? to say it gavin belson's this character on silicon valley oh who plays like, I know who you're talking about. he plays like um yeah he's he's like the um he's the main foil the main rival to, yeah. to richard he's, and the team yeah he's like the steve jobs kind of-esque mm-hmm dreamer visionary tech um you know tech leader who gets up and gives these like talks about vision and the future and life and things that are wonderful and and that's all i see when i look at phil spencer now is just this rehearsed speech every year um looking dead in the center of the camera uh wearing Mm. like what i can only assume is a meticulously planned lazy you know, get up designed to make him look like the everyman. Um, I do like I him, him, but I just think the whole fucking thing's just a, like I, a whole lot of bullshit. I agree with you. Like, look wise, I feel like he looks like your, you know, your cool uncle, like the one that comes every now and then yeah. and has a really cool it's, car. It's like, but um, it's like you earn you earn millions. <laughs> you know what matter. I mean? Like, um, you don't need to dress like me, dude. But I agree with you. I want to dress like you. <laughs> I agree with you yeah. about the whole presentation. I think I wrote in one of the chats. I said I really don't appreciate that the whole like the whole thing has been like pretty much him jerking himself off on stage and then poking you in the face with it like at the end saying like look what we did, look what we did, look at our achievements. The amount of you being nice amount to of people, <laughs> the amount of people this year that got up and to say their name and the game they worked on. It was like they were announcing that they just invented a cure for AIDS. Like, I really want to cut a super cut together just of people introducing their games and just how serious they sound. Or how <laughs> awkward it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Which is, there were some painful, is, painful situations on those stages uh, the last couple yeah. of days. Which is why, like, Bethesda was great, I think. Because not all of it, but at the end, the Fallout 76 and Todd Green, like that's where that's great. Like he gets it enough to like take take shots at themselves and like um, <laughs> where do you have a crack at Walmart in Canada mm. for for the leak and yeah. stuff? Like it's kind of, that's kind of funny. Yeah. 
You know, that's someone who gets it and that's playing to the crowd in a really meaningful way. Not like fucking Gavin Belsoning. No, the anyway, sorry. It, on, on the corporate speak, the the worst was the the EA conference for that man. Like they were out there towing the company line, just oh recycling stuff that the, the you know the PR coach made them drill into their minds for weeks. Like they they are the Gavin Belsons. Can, can we can we uh can we just take a break in in the middle of this top five? Let's just talk about one thing we really hated. For E3, just for a moment, one thing. Mine too was EA. Like, I really hated that really crappy esports story they tried telling with that kid who was clearly a piece of oh, shit. He was a cocksucker. He was, whatever his name is, don't, don't tell me the story of like the rise to fame of an esports star I don't know in a game that no one gives a fuck about esports wise. And then, like, and then interview him on stage only for him to be like, oh, chase that money, bro. Got to chase yeah, that money yeah. or whatever the fuck <laughs> no, he, it was. No, he was like, I, I had like, a decision to message? make. I had to either stay in school, but I chased that money or whatever. It was, and it was just it, like, it wasn't fuck quite off. That, yeah. <clears throat> but that's it. It's like, what is your message here? Like, what are you trying to tell people? Are you trying to tell people to be this wanker? Because it's gross. <sighs> Yeah, that's what I. That's the thing I hated the most out of it. Yeah, it was, and there was a lot yeah, to hate. Well, <laughs> there was a lot to not like. Speaking of wankers, <laughs> my one thing I really hated was when Andrew WK came out and hyped out the audience and fucking rocked out, and the audience just sat there in their chairs, stone faced, bored as fuck, and I'm just like, get up, get but, up, you asshole! I, I think <laughs> just nod your head, just fucking hell, like it's so insulting. I, I think just they executed that badly. Like, if they had him playing still, but start the Rage 2 trailer, like, have that playing live over the Rage no. 2 trailer, because I've been to these well, things yeah. and you don't go there for a concert, but like, it's cool to see him there, but you're not going to get out of your chair and start having a bop. Like, you I saw no. most of the people in the crowd there and they're just like, where's the games? Give me the games. I don't know this guy. Where's the games? Like, it's like getting called out at a comedy show. You know what I mean? You don't want that. Not Most people don't want that. Some people, I'm sure, really love fucking old mate getting up on stage and rock, rock, rage, or whatever the fuck <clears throat> he was yelling. Oh, man. That was gross. What about you, Brendan? Um, my biggest gripe, I guess it sort of ties into some of the things at the end too, was Sony's execution of their conference. Um, watching it live, it... You know, for the people on the ground, I'm sure it was a great experience to be moved from giant tent area to giant tent area. But for the for the millions of people watching at home, there's these weird intermissions and they're like, we're going to be back in two minutes. And then 10 minutes rolls around. We're going to be back in another two minutes after this short break. And you sit there and go, you're, you're losing all momentum here. Um, I just thought that was real sloppy. Yeah, like maybe. Yeah, the Twitch stream broke. And then they had issues <laughs> on the YouTube stream as well. Um, so. Yeah. I think just, you know, Sony just trying to be too cute, like uh, live music and everything. Like I liked it, but that went on too long for both instances. Um, Bless you. They did it last year to, to great effect when they debuted God of War. I think that was phenomenal, but you don't need to be cute with it and try and do it for every tentpole game you've got now. Um, just show the fucking game. We don't care about the greatest pan flute master the world has ever seen you know shredding solos for a few minutes like i think whoever took over you know sony's marketing and direction for e3 this year needs to have a good hard look at themselves because it was just 
the games were great, but the execution and everything else sucked. The first half of that conference was disgusting. I I <clears throat> couldn't disagree with you more. Um, I think that in on a on a stage where everyone is trying to be different, they look most different. Yeah, because they undeniably. I don't think they. I'm um, tech shit aside. Like, put the tech stuff aside because no one's going to really remember that. They're going to remember the games, how they were announced, and for all of the, I think there were like four core games they announced. Like on one hand, yeah, you've got this pan flute fucking dude on stage for two minutes, and that can annoy you because you're not looking at a gameplay trailer. And then on the other hand, you can acknowledge that that guy is giving an intro to Ghost of Sushiro, which is now a game that everyone is so hyped for. And when you look at how stunning that game looks, I won't talk about necessarily like how I think it plays, but how it looks, and you think of the atmospheres created by your man, the pan flute boy, it actually all helps kind of add to this this feeling that you get looking at this game and, and the gameplays or the trailers reveal. Like, I think actually they did better than so many other, um, so many other, uh, conferences. I guess we'll, nah. we'll probably get to this. Not late. conferences. You know what get I mean? Get to this more a yeah. bit later, I think. Get onto the- I'll defend that guy to the grave, Brendan. I thought he did oh, a fucking damn fine He, he did solo. an exceptional job, but like... <laughs> you could almost say not, that he he's blew He's not going to sell the game for me. <laughs> can, can I tell you one thing that's through me, though? Why was he white? Was he yes, white? Yeah, but, but but he... I actually was reading that up is- on him. He's actually like one of the top dogs of whatever that instrument is, and he's actually trained with the, the guy that's universally known as the greatest... You wouldn't have known from guy. the stream... I feel like uh, I feel like, of course, the guy that's the best at playing like this, whatever you call the style of music. It's obviously some ancient Japanese like folk song. The guy is white. <laughs> like, it's like the whitest thing you could do. So, so I guess, sort of moving back into our top five, the the game you just mentioned, Dream. I do believe that could be Ali's number four in the in our top five list here. Is that correct? That is correct. Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that. Yeah, I called it Sushiro, sorry, Tsushima. <laughs> I actually was... I remember the first time we saw this trailer and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this looks good. I'm interested, I'm keen. And then seeing it this time around, oh, my fucking God. Apart from the friggin' blue balling you got from Mr. Panflute dildo blower at the start. <laughs> but once it led into this, I was just like, this is stunning. This is beautiful this is a like just from the the soundtrack the environment the the costume design the voice work and then it actually just moving into gameplay and then seeing that element um i was i was gobsmacked and i'm actually really excited for it yeah yeah pamphlet got you there baby (laughs) (laughs) moving units via pamphlet i love it that's it yeah i i'm i'm with you ali like it looked absolutely gorgeous like obviously it is a optimized tech demo that they've they've put exactly together with every part they wanted to showcase to to get that wow factor but you can't take away from from the devs for that like it looked gorgeous um the scenery the character models um and and i know what sam's going to get to so i'm sort of going to jump in here a little bit first regarding the 
when they did jump into the the demo and there was combat and it was a little bit slow paced but like i like that they were sort of going more that traditional route where it is more the stance and it's most of these fights did often only last a couple of swings because the swordsmen were so you know elite and I wasn't going to say renowned. anything. I was I wasn't <clears throat> going to say anything, but seeing as you throw me under the bus here, <laughs> I my comment earlier before we started was just that it it looks beautiful and um it looks like it's going to have one hell of a story, but it looks boring. Combat looked boring. It looks it looked it just looked blocky. I and I can see that. I, like I don't know. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm glad we're not. I don't want to like. I don't want to take too much away from this game either because I think I think it really does look beautiful. And who knows? Like the combat could be brilliant. The combat when it finally gets released, but it did not look like it was jarring to me in the moment to see how smooth and fluid it was. Especially like when he cuts that first guy down. It's like, oh shit, this is about to see, about to be some real samurai shit go down here. And then it just kind of gets into like bloody flat-footed kind of stomping around and like you know very simple strokes like it, it did not look amazing but you gotta remember like further on like in the in the demo or the trailer or whatever um there is that moment where it extends and it shows you that you can pre like you kind of slow down time and pre-plan your moves as well so it looks like it's going to be a little bit strategic and i'm only going to say this because i don't know i only assume that they're not going to give away too much story wise so we only hope that maybe we saw beginning combat so maybe not anything too intricate at the start just to show you exactly what kind of style you'll be looking at but you could be right it could be really boring who knows? No, you, you you could be absolutely right. Like, we could be looking at a really early um, iteration of the combat system there. And I'm totally open to that. Like, I, I, I'm keen to see what this game turns out to be. But, yeah. It's, like, again, stunning. Absolutely stunning. I really like the combat. Like, it reminded me of Bushido Blade. I don't know if you guys ever played that, but where it is more calculated and strategic and it's not just slash, 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 slash. Yeah. It is every move counts. And, and I like that they went with that and sort of doubling down on what Ali said, when they did have that sort of slow, let's say samurai vision or whatever, um, where you could plan out, okay, I can one-shot this guy, then move to there. And there did seem to be a few different counter options where you were cutting an arm off, you're countering this guy using his sword against him and his pole arm and stuff like that. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, But it certainly hit all the right notes for me. It was was close to getting on the list, but I didn't make the cut. But Dream, your number four which uh, is also on my list and not Ali's. I just had to double check then. Uh, no, not, not on Ali's. And um, yeah, I know immediately long-term fans will know exactly what game this is, uh, which is The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like maybe let's hash this one out together. Um, I, I thought it was just a really... Uh, well put together demo um like the party just starting at the party um as a displaced what's the girl's name again ellie ellie Ellie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'd probably like the game more if she was called ellie yeah maybe um no like you start this party as ellie and i didn't like see that happening the way it did you know what i mean like she um, ends up dancing with the girl. The girl's like, obviously, 
just broken up with the guy she's just been talking to and it, it's just it's this teenage high school party almost where um there's you know discovery and there's also a sense of innocence there still and then it just cuts to her ripping the jugular mm-hmm. out of like this guy and she's in one of the most desperate tiring situations i've seen in any sort of gameplay trailer demo thing ever it reminds me of like this fight scene in dead have you seen you know deadwood right there's this great fight scene in deadwood i think it's like season three where swearages like best guy he's like main man gets out in the street and brawls with this other guy who's the main guy, main bad guy's best guy, right? And they brawl and they brawl for like five minutes. It, it's a visceral it's fight. Like, That's where his eye gets, gets popped out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, someone loses an eye and it's like, in the end, it's just slow and gritty and dirty and you feel every ounce of like how tired these guys are just because it's just, you see it. And it's kind of what I felt like when I was watching this. Like she's just killing all these people it's a struggle. The danger's real. The tension's there. Um, obviously, she's going to survive, but you don't know where it's going. And she ends up killing this guy and then we're back at the party again. And it's like, wow, this is a fucking badass mofo. <laughs> Who's got like, but she's got depth as well. Like it conveys such depth in her character. Really? Because I felt like I was watching uh, Tomb Raider. No. Why? No. Why? I don't know. Scruffy girl out in the wild using like a pickaxe and a arrow. Bow and the arrow. game the gameplay in a vacuum, sure. Like I see that, but just the way they juxtapose that with her around actual people in a setting where she's just being a person instead of out. Oh yeah. Killing, I was mm. just I think that Yeah. Gameplay Yeah, you're talking about like gameplay yeah. stuff. I- yeah. Bow and arrow. Yeah, I I, I loved that. it. Like, um, I, I shed a little tear at the end of that trailer. To be completely honest, um, I I really, 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 really liked the original Last of Us. It's one of the you know, best games we've ever played, and the story and the you know the storytelling is phenomenal. And so I've got a bit of an emotional attachment, obviously, to Ellie and Joel, um, who sort of indirectly gets mentioned when he's you know talking about her dad. Uh, so I'm assuming that's still Joel, and I like that now it's just decided that yet we are, you know, father daughter, uh, which I thought was a cute little touch. The writing in that opening sort of scene in that barn was a bit weird, where that guy mm-hmm. Billy came up and he's like, "What is she saying?" And then he's like, "You know, he wants to get back with the with the girl Dina," and she's like, "I'll give you two weeks." And then he's like, "Oh, what's she saying?" And then she's like, "One week." And I'm sitting there going. Hang on, are you sort of playing matchmaker? But then, you know, obviously they share that that touching kiss in front of everybody. And I think it's a red herring. Like, I think they threw that in there. It's just like a red herring. You wouldn't see it coming. Mm. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Me, like, took me for a loop. Yeah. And um, just like, as you said, when they did then cut into the actual gameplay itself. Yeah, it was it was heavy to watch. Like they were not holding back in any way, shape or form. Yes. Like that, that opened up with Ellie stabbing that first guy in the neck. And then obviously sees somebody hung from a tree that gets disemboweled. And then she's getting mm. chased by that, that sort of uh, group of bandits and the fight exchange in the open. And then also when, you know, they have the final exchange in like the pharmacy or whatever it was. Mm. And, uh, she stabs one person through, like through the bottom of the jaw up into the head. And then at the same time, grabs the hammer, flips it around, use the spiky bit to impale this guy 
in she his face. Shot she gets by shot. An arrow. Yeah, pulls the arrow. And, like out. has to rip it out. Like it's not just taking a hit. She's actually having to kind of deal with the wound. Yeah, and which who knows like how that actually is in you know real yeah. gameplay. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty I cool. The they goal. definitely the goal was good. I give it. Yeah, that. they they definitely perfected you know the the getting that sense of desperation and every move and every hit counts. Uh, and, and I like the HUD, like it was literally just the little circular health bar in the bottom right corner. And then when she's picking up things that would pop up on the screen, like it wasn't a real messy, messy screen that you had to contend with. Mm. Uh, crafting on the fly, I thought was pretty cool. And uh, I liked that there was some sort of parry, parry moves as well as sort of being able to duck and move and use the environment. Um, it looks good. And, and Naughty Dog just, they are on top of their game. Like no one can touch them as far as game creation goes these days. And I'm so excited for it. Like that was my number two. That was your number four. Bring it on. But you know, you know, not to like uh, crap on too much longer about this, but the, like the, it's a really clever um, little trailer because you, you get everything that you need to invest in the character without getting any story. Yeah. There's no story at all in there. Mm. All you get is just character. And it's so like they do it so well you're so invested in ellie um or ali depending on <laughs> depending die, on your accent idiot like ali. um i just want to get your yeah. guys opinions or maybe you even know or you actually paid attention between the scene in the dance and then to the you know action sequence do you reckon that was a flash forward or flash back like which one um i i feel like I feel like this could turn around and not be part of the actual game. Mm. I feel like this is just a, something that they've cut together specifically okay. for E3. It, um, yeah, it just seems too contrived um, to kind of fit in a game, if that makes sense, because the whole thing's about, like, I told you they should be scared of you, Ellie. Um, obviously, she's talking about the boys um, mm-hmm. taking the, uh, whatever. I didn't get the girl's name either. Dina. The, the, Dina, so that's it. I did get the girl's name. Obviously, just don't have my notes. Uh, <laughs> They're all up here, brother. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think this will actually work out to be part of the game. Okay, I'm, 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 in a, uh, which, I'm in agreement. Which doesn't make it any less valuable. I think it's a fantastic trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Dreamer. I think they've just cut that together because uh, it sort of flows really well for that type of scenario in a conference. I think that probably barn dance scene is probably going to be one long long cut scene where more will happen and, and there won't be any violent acts weaved in or out of it i think it'll just be a mm. whole singular scene okay mm. all right fair enough or or just to play devil's advocate it would make one hell of an intro like one hell of an opening scene to the game i think okay so you think it would happen before the action <laughs> if it happens as is it would happen like before the title before the title shows up mm, on the screen fair. okay Kind of in the same way that uh, I think Joel at the start of Last of Us 2, like you're kind of just, it's where it all starts and it's him trying to get out of the house and stuff. It'd be like oh, that. Yeah, I was just curious if it was going to go down like, you know, like a like a revenge kind of thing. Like, But yeah, no, never mind. Mm, but it, it's so good. My number four got me super duper mega hyped. Cannot wait for that game. So moving into our number three, uh, Dream, we've already talked about yours, which was Cyberpunk. Miss mm. Ellie Hart, what is your number three? My number three is actually Wolfenstein Youngblood. Um, like, everything about it sounds really cool. You've got Blaskowitz twin daughters. Twin daughters. Um, they're out now fighting Nazis. Um, but the main thing that got me, like, 
the Wolfenstein series is fantastic. It's awesome. Great action game. The right level of seriousness, but also fucked upness. Um, that's the term. Um, lined up now. together. It is now. Um, but the main thing that drew me is like, yes, co-op. They've said it's going to be a co-op game, and I'm just so hyped for that because I love a good co-op, and co-op in Wolfenstein just sounds fucking perfect. Yeah, that that part took me by surprise. Like, machine games, typically, they're just a single-player, you know, FPS experience, so I'm curious to see how it's going to go when you are sharing the screen with somebody else. Um, I, I love I love the sort of premise where it is flash-forward to france in the 80s uh so we're going to see a bit of a different different aesthetic different climate uh obviously two two new protagonists to get behind uh you know the the blaskowitz daughters uh but yeah more more wolfenstein is never a bad thing yeah. uh the new colossus is phenomenal we you know one of the best shooters to come out in quite some time uh so yeah i'm king sadly it's a 2019 release date which i thought was a bit of a bit of a hooey but um yeah bring it on next year I'm just I'm I'm a bit worried about their accents. I heard them at the end, and I was just a bit like, "Ooh, hopefully they don't talk much." <laughs> Let's talk thing and more that kind of, Like tweaked me a little bit. I got a little twitch, but um, I'm hyped. What could go wrong with this? Really, set in the '80s too. You said. Mm-hmm. God, I hope there's a soundtrack that goes with it too. Yeah, Dream. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I'm not a big um, Wolfenstein guy. I haven't actually played um, any Wolfenstein at all. Wow. So this this one kind of misses me entirely. But um, I, I get it. And I see why people are excited about it. And it seems like a franchise that, you know, fans are rightfully passionate about. I remember you guys talking about the last Wolfenstein game when it came out late last year. And how fucking, you know, thrilled you were to play it. I think, Brendan, you in particular mm. were just, like, loving it. Still am. Still um, haven't finished it, but still loving it. Yeah. Uh, and I heard nothing but good things about it. So, you know, yeah, power to you and <laughs> them. Thanks, Sam. I don't know. I've got, I've got nothing to, I've, I've got nothing <laughs> to add support, here. Sam. I'm, I'm clutching its jaws, guys. <laughs> Kill the Nazis. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one thing. During the presser, when they were just openly, like... We can't wait to fuck up hundreds more Nazis and all that stuff. Where they were just openly talking about killing Nazis. I'm like, yeah. ooh, damn. Yeah, okay, let's go. It's nice going, it's Bethesda. Mm. Yeah, well, when is it never okay to say that? Um, yeah, but like, I guess... Yeah, in a Trump it, rally. It certainly, oh. it certainly escalated from, um, you know, when we said the PC-friendly EA conference to things like this where they're dropping the F-bomb all the time and... Stuff like that. It was, it was, you know, definitely a tale of two shows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. More than two, I'd mm. argue. More than, two. more than two. But yeah. Mm. Um, what about yours, Brennan? Yeah, cool. My, my number three is sort of a, a bit of a blanket statement, but it ties into the Microsoft announcement that they've purchased five new studios or well, purchased slash created five new studios to work on obviously Microsoft exclusive titles or Xbox exclusive titles. Uh, the, the few of them were like, I think probably already acknowledged that they were just working with Microsoft, like mm. Playground Games who do the Forza Horizon series, um, Undead Labs who do the State of Decay series, things like that. Like they've only been working with sort of the the Xbox universe or the Microsoft universe, but um, Ninja Theory mm. uh, is fucking huge. 
They obviously did uh, Hellblade last year, so they are very well at uh, adept at writing fantastic story, yeah. um, very immersive experiences. So that got me super excited. And the last one is this this new upstart that they've created called The Initiative, oh, yeah. which. Uh, you know, reading between the lines, uh, Daryl Gallagher is going to head this place up, who is a former studio head of Crystal Dynamics, who did Tomb Raider. And, um, you know, reading reading sort of the rumor mills on the internet, they're trying to position this studio to, I guess, be Microsoft version of Sony Santa Monica. So the studio that made God of War. So they want this almost as their featured studio moving forward, mm-hmm. where they want to be making very, very big AAA exclusives, which is very exciting. Um, I don't think we'll see games from these studios for two, three, four years, sadly. Maybe this is all slated for the next generation of consoles, but it's Mm. still, it's a positive. It's good to see Microsoft coming out and, you know, planting their flag and saying, you know, we are, we know we did fuck up and we were pretty lean on, on exclusives. So here we go. We've got all these new studios. Is that what they, is that what they said at any point? (laughs) Not in this conference, but Phil Spencer has said a few times about their, their lack of first-party IP in a lot of interviews. So so they do publicly address that they are behind in that space. I just hope they but look no. after the companies, like especially Ninja Theory. I hope that they just look after them and just go, oh, you know what? That thing you're working on doesn't does, don't like it anymore. Sorry, you all don't have jobs anymore. Sorry. Yeah, and like obviously that happened with... Uh, Scalebound with Phantom Dust and, uh, you know, with with Lionhead doing Fable. But, yeah, obviously there's still a Fable out there in the ether. Don't know who's making it or what's happening with it. But, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. Like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Microsoft or an Xbox boy first and foremost. So it's nice to see them actually come out swinging for a change. Yeah. Yeah, 50 games. It was, it was an impressive showcase. Um. If not a little over rehearsed, come on now. <laughs> okay, shall we move to our number two? Uh, yes. So, Ali, well, mine's already Ali, been said. yours, yours has already been Cyberpunk. said. So has mine. Mine was Cyberpunk. the last of us two. Mine's a bit of a like a bit of a nothing number two. If I'm being entirely honest with you, I just cool to see more facts about this game. Uh, it's Pokemon. I call it Pokemon. Let's go, bleh. Um, working title working title let's go yeah so they showed off uh, a little bit more about this game and through the gameplay that they um or yeah the demo that they had available i think at e3 we saw like a lot more about the game that got announced last week or the games i should say that got announced last week so the capture system is exactly uh almost exactly the same as it is in pokemon go Mm -hmm. so that's confirmed um, right down to like use of berries, specific berries for specific things. Like if you're trying to settle the Pokemon or if you want to make them easier to catch, um, they have CP in this as well. So they have a level and CP, which is their sort of combat power, um, rating from Pokemon go. So that's also factoring in here, which means that, uh, Integration with Pokemon Go is uh, like it, it's basically you know able to be a hundred percent. Anything you catch in the real world should be able to come into these games, and you should be able to use it like a Pokemon you've caught in these games. Um, 
sort of downside is that it is actually just the 3D reimagining of the original games. Mm, of yellow. So you got to <clears> see <throat> Viridian Forest uh, right up until, I think, Pewter City and Pewter City Gym. And the gyms in, like, the later Pokemon games are actually really cool and clever. And they have, like, fun little mazes that you have to get through. Whereas the old one was like literally just the floor. There was like a trainer and then Brock. And it's exactly the same in this. Um, the other thing as well, that I think is probably a plus for the game and certainly a plus for Nintendo in the direction they like to take these games now, which is completely different to Pokemon Red, Blue and Yellow, is that your rival in this game is almost your best friend. Mm. Like super nice to you. Uh, there's some footage of him like offering to help come watch you at the gym when you take on the gym Hell leader yeah. and he gives you oh. like five five potions. Like bring back Gary, smell you yeah. later. Like he was such a dick and that's what made the game so much more enjoyable was like when you beat Gary. I'd love if anyway. they I'd love if they swerved us and like he does all that but then he's in the stands like shouting Jackass or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, yeah, it's it's obvious like that this game is being reimagined for um, for the audience that they're aiming to today, which is a much more, uh, it feels almost like friendly PC, friendly audience. Um, you don't know, he might be I don't know how that's, yeah, it could be. I don't know, you're, you're right. Mate. We haven't seen the full game. Um, the other exactly. thing as well, or the other two things. Apparently, you can play the whole game using that Pokeball add-on. Yeah, instead of using the Joy-Con, you can use the Pokeball as your controller. Yeah, yeah which sounds bizarre. I don't know how that works, but um, it works, obviously. So, you mustn't need too many buttons to play the game. Probably just like the thing points at the screen, almost like a like a pointer, like a laser pointer thing. Um, I'm guessing you need like an A button and a B button, and that's it. Mm. Just like normal Pokemon games. All, yeah, that makes sense. All cards on the table. I did pre-order... I was going to buy it digitally, um, the the Eevee version, but I pre-ordered the Eevee version because they also released that with the Pokeball um, addition to it as well. So I've, I pre-ordered that today because you get Mew. Uh, I was going to say, you know what Pokeball. you get with that? Yeah, you get a Mew. Um, so that's the other announcement. So it justifies almost spending $65 or $70 for this peripheral. Um, you get a Mew. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess... I'm kind of keen to see what this game actually plays like. I'm really keen, actually, I should say, to play it. Um, And, yeah, I was excited to see more about it. Thank you, Nintendo. Just a little update from our conversation last week about who the the resident Pokemon master is. I just got a tweet from Nato. um, And Nato says... Something. Hmm. Nato says... At we are 8-bit, at Brendan 8-bit. Damn right, there's going to be a tweet at Slim TD. You think you can spend a few months flicking your phone and you want to step into my pokey yard, boy? With two eyes. You get back to that Tekken before I whoop you again. Also, Miss Ali Hart, Pikachu can fuck right off. Winky face. So, <laughs> NATO, uh, I think on behalf of all of us, uh, you can fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> Is that rude? That fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to side with NATO just cuz I want to see this this rivalry continue. So I, wa- I, I want to be say, on that side poking and and Ali can be on this side poking you so we can sort of instigate this more and more. Yeah. And also NATO, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's a- <laughs> 
Thanks for supporting us. Mm. Yeah. Quick, quick, random tangent. Shout out to the You Game Bro podcast, which uh, is now helmed by our boy Nato and our other boy Cruzy underscore mate. Mm. Available most Wednesday evenings at about eight thirty AEST. But this coming Saturday, they're actually doing their first international guest in New Game Bro history. Recording Saturday morning with Snowbike Mike. So check it out Please at twitch.tv forward slash You Game Bro podcast. World first. Snowbike Mike, he has a voice that just needs to be heard. Like, yeah, you have to hear it to understand what I mean. Watch it. Yeah, I, I want to get him to do all our new voiceover work for the podcast and stuff. Please do. I, mm. I'm like absolutely infatuated with his voice. It's crazy. Okay. I'm really excited to jump into this number one because these are three games that none of us have talked about so far tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that... um. All our number ones are different, or you know, untouched in the previous, uh, you know, five through five through two responses. So, Miss Hart, What's, uh, do you want to lead the festivities off for your number one game at E three twenty eighteen? Yeah, so I, I I took this into deep consideration. Like I said, the hype train level of hype, um, and just more like how in the level of how much I want to play it. Like the game I want to play the most soonest. Um, I'm making up words tonight. We speak good. English good, speak I do. Um, so it's The Division 2. Um, seeing the trailer, seeing the gameplay, and then kind of also getting that feeling of remembering how much I enjoyed playing the original The Division with, like, everyone, and how much fun I had with that game. I understand that, yes, it then eventually got boring and all that kind of shit and that stuff kind of happens, but I just, I just really want to play The Division 2, like... I just got really hyped up again, and um, I've been following a lot of people who got to demo it, and I'm hearing some really positive things, and it sounds like they're fixing a lot of things, and it's um, they've also incorporated a raid now, so that is exciting as well, and I'm just really, really hyped to play this game, and I want to play it now. I've signed up for the beta, so yeah, uh, this is my number one. This is the one that I kind of just keep on going back to, and I want to know more, and I want to play it now, so... It surprises me too. So, for anyone that's like, "What?" Yeah, it surprises me too. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I think it's a like a fair choice for a number one to be pumped about. It was Division was a great game. Um, it was a cool game. Yeah, uh, it was a great one to just certainly chill very with people. different. Yeah. Um, but I'm afraid I don't share your your hype <laughs> for this game. This game for me kind of came in. It felt like it was sandwiched in between different post-apocalyptic games mm. um, that I cannot tell you the names of now because I'm just it's a blur. But I actually am having difficulty remembering what post-apocalyptic <laughs> game is which. I just know this one is the one where the kids are playing <clears throat> in the yard and then it kind of pans out of the the zone thing. And someone's getting shivved and then a woman's inside holding a baby. And then like you go onto the other street and it's gross. That's what I remember. Um, Yeah. There was another game. What was the game where it was like you have to control a tower of water and you can choose to like ration it out? Yeah. Is that Dying Light? Yeah. That one I liked. That's not my number one, but I I thought that sounded pretty cool. Dying Light and then obviously Metro Exodus with the other one. They were all sort of almost back to back on the um, the Xbox showcase as far as that, yeah, post-apocalyptic, bleak sort of dystopian universe they're creating. But I, I... I, I liked what they showed with Division 2. Obviously, they showcased it at Xbox, and they also showcased it on the Ubisoft uh, presentation. It looked good. It looks a lot better than the original Division. Um, 
I think it's cool that they've shifted it to Washington. So they've moved it from New York to Washington. It's set six months after the the first game, obviously on the back end of the, the dollar bill pox outbreak uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, destroyed destroyed society. Mm-hmm. Um, clever clever plan, by the way. Mm. Very clever plan. Mm, genius plan, especially with America. Like, because it's paper, it's dirty money. Like, it, it holds, obviously, uh, all kinds of things. I'm trying to think, what's the word? I don't, germs. Germs, that, that'll work. Like, as opposed to, say, our, our plastic currency, where it's sort of almost wiped off, washed off, that paper holds the residue. Mm. But, uh, you know, that's that's for the, the currency podcast coming soon to the AP Collective. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I liked it. It looked good. Um, the the scripted back and forth banter between yourself and your three squad mates was on the nose for me though. Like that just wasn't needed. Even I wanted to punch just that female lead. I wanted to kick her in the face. Yeah, and and that's it, yeah. It's because they were talking like they were actually commandos mm. or something. It, it didn't land. It did not land. Yeah, so that that was a miss for me. But it looked good. The combat looked tighter. Uh, I liked that they planned out the the DLC for that first 12 months where they said, okay, we're implementing eight-person raids. Then we've also got three free DLC packs for year one. I thought that was cool that they got ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. More Division's not a bad thing. I'm actually excited to sort of roam Washington with you guys because uh, we had a good time playing this game. Um, yeah. When was it? Early last year. Start of 2016, I think, right? February, somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah, if I, I, I think <clears> you're right. But yeah, look good. Look good. I'm keen. Cool. It's, not, it's not on my list, but it's certainly, uh, you know, I looked at it and was left left that trailer and the gameplay with, with a positive experience. What, uh, what is your number one, Big Dog? Oh, Resident Evil 2. <laughs> my God, my heart exploded from happiness when I saw this. Um, yeah. I could only think of you when I saw this. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's probably my favorite game of all time. Like I played that so many times over um i've completed the game geez i don't know maybe 20 times i reckon um over the years uh i know the map and the world back to front and seeing it like remade in in the this new proprietary bloody re engine they've got like it looked stunning um the character models look great claire redfield i thought looked a bit funky um you know they definitely went away from her initial design and, and sort of remade her for this world but you know, to see this game coming out just over 20 years later, like it's their 20th anniversary this year, and then seeing the gameplay, reading some of the hands-on that people are saying about it, and it's just glowing reports all over the shop, and then finding out that it's coming out on like the 25th of January next year. Holy shit. It's like Christmas, birthdays, Easter, Valentine's. They all came at once yesterday with that Sony conference for me with that with that yeah. announcement. Ne- next year or this year? Next year. So January, obviously January yeah. next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. We're going back um, in time. Like, no, I thought you said Christmas. I thought you said Christmas. I was like, what? That's so far away next year. Um, I, don't want to say, like, I don't want this to seem like I'm taking an absolute bashing, and it's going to sound really horrible the way I say it. But So Resident Evil 2, when it first came out, obviously back then the graphics for, for its time were obviously like, wow, like this is so crazy. This is so... And so when they say that they're remaking it, I think my expectations for how the graphics were going to look were just went way up. And then when I saw, like, the character models, I was just like, that's it? <gasps> like, 
I, yeah. I don't like. I don't know. Like, I, I guess. It, I guess if you're gonna remaster something in this day and age with the graphics that we see now, I just. I guess I was expecting a little bit more. Mm. So can, can I go you one further, yeah. Ali? Can I go you a step Do further? It. Um, in terms of feel, this game and the last Resident Evil game are fucking worlds apart. The last Resident Evil game was terrifying, actually terrifying. This looks like House of the Dead. You um, fucking It looks like piece of Devil shit. May Cry. <laughs> it looks like the Devil May Cry game that just dropped. Uh, it looks just nothing announced. like Devil May Cry. Like it does. It looks. It looks like it just looks kind of sort of goofy, almost like that. It's called Raccoon City to me. I'll never understand why, but like <laughs> it, it just it, it taking shots. It's not a fi- bad thing. Fictitious city. It's not a bad thing necessarily. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just trying surprised. to, just trying to make you cry. That's all I'm saying. I'm just surprised that if you're going to take a game and you're going to remaster it and you're remastering it in this day and age, like you're literally going for gold. I just was expecting more. That's all. Mine's, yeah. mine's, yeah. And I'm just commenting on the the game. The franchise feels like it went into a new space with the last Resident Evil game that it hadn't quite been before, as far as I can remember. Yeah, no, you're right, but. I'll, and, I'll it was a, and it was a positive thing. Like it was, they succeeded in creating a very terrifying game. I'll agree, but from from all reports, you know those original Resident Evil games were yeah survival horrors, but there were some campy, quirky moments in it, and they've done that in this, like the old yeah, puzzles where you've got to you know rotate things and find a button behind a painting and and find a stone to unlock a door. They've gone back and put all that kind of stuff in, so they've. They've been, you know, they've honoured the the source material. They've obviously given it a, a pretty impressive coat of paint. Yeah, some of the character models don't look on par to, let's say, the the trailer in The Last of Us Two or um, Ghost of Tsushima or something like that. But it still looked fantastic. Um, I don't know. May, maybe I do have a bit of zombie blood coloured glasses on, so I'm sort of seeing it more positive than what it was. But it just Ugh. looked phenomenal. The the world looks great. I like that they've gone to an over-the-shoulder style camera, like which debuted in Resident Evil 4. Um, they've changed the control system around to make it a little bit smoother. So, yeah, come January, I will be all up in this. Yeah, and that's why I didn't want to shit on it too much because I know that this is like your absolute favorite. So I didn't want to be like, fuck your game. I just pointed out what um, <laughs> I just noticed. You can if you like. And, and one last thing, I don't want to dwell on it too long. One other thing that I've I've sort of heard and seen is the zombies take de- like when they get f- shot or attacked, there you know there'll be bullet holes and, and and sort of sword wounds, and so they they take visible damage in the game now. I thought that was a nice little touch, um, but yeah, I've heard it's scary as balls. So yeah, yeah January twenty five, let's get it. Nice, it's nice. Uh, my number uh, one is Kingdom Hearts 3, which uh, Ali, just scanning through the don't, little agenda we put together, I know, is, I know is not your favorite at all. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say my bit and I'll let you just attack afterwards. <laughs> um, I, I just think that this game looks like a lot of fun. And, and yeah, it's got like, again, like Disney sat, blah, blah. I'm not actually a huge Disney fan, but the moments you see in there with, um, is it's Elsa. Mm-hmm. It's from Elsa Frozen. from Frozen. And uh, it, like the Rapunzel 
one from Tangled. Definitely it is Rapunzel, not a right? Fan. <laughs> Definitely not a Disney. Fan. <laughs> no, it's like you. It's not Rapunzel, is it? But it's like Rapunzel. <laughs> She's got long ass fucking hair. It's, Les- it's Leslie. It's Leslie Longhair. That's the name. Leslie like Longhair. Sick burn. Um, it's it just looks fun. Like um, the thing that I enjoyed about Kingdom Hearts games is that it takes you between worlds that you're already familiar with. Um, namely, like the ones I love it for, the Final Fantasy ones that you get to play through. So you get to meet characters that you're already familiar with. You get to play with them um, in an environment that isn't quite their own, but they're done in such a way that you feel like you're, you know, it feels natural and organic almost. Um, some more than others, but still, you, you get the point. And I liked, like, we saw the Toy Story stuff, I think, <clears throat> I want to say halfway through last year. Mm. They, yeah. Um, it was when we were still at Hungry HQ. Yeah, they had the Toy Story stuff halfway through last year and you were playing and like crazy little toys, shooting other toys. Like, that's cool. Um, in this, we see like a bit more of that. Like, he's doing something with yo-yos where he's like combat with yo-yos. It looks nuts. Um, you're obviously in the frozen worlds fighting like frozen little sprites and shit. It looks fun and it looked like every place you went was different. I don't know. It just... I don't know why. It's probably not deserving of my number one. No, it's honest, not. But I just thought it was... <laughs> not selling it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing an awful job selling it. Uh, I'll, I'll jump Rip in. Rip into it. Tell me why it's Because I think Ali, Ali will probably drop more fire on it than I will. I just... I'm, I haven't really played much Kingdom Hearts, but I just don't understand the tone they're going for. Like, they go it, from a it, nice... Like, you know, a, a serious emotional moment, and then you've got Goofy in the back, like... <laughs> and it's just like... What the fuck is going on here? But that's like, but that's like any Disney film, you know what I mean? And like, it's crazy. You're right. My first instinct when I first saw Kingdom Hearts was like, how the hell do you fit Disney and play uh, Final Fantasy together? Mm. Like, that's weird. But it works somehow. It just it works, does work. and it works um, well. At least it worked well the first two times. Um, Ali, what's your beef? I'm interested. Well, I guess now we're heading into our segment, which is referred to as worst in show, um, mm-hmm. which sounds like really harsh and based on my opinions. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'll go into my worst in show game, which is Kingdom Hearts. Um, with my <laughs> little side note here, and we got to see how shit it was multiple times because they did show the trailer a few times in different conferences. Yeah, it was in three separate conferences. Yeah. Three. It was the same trailer in two, and then yeah. I think Square got... Um, a little different. Yeah. yeah. So, um, first off, I don't enjoy the Kingdom Hearts series. However, I do appreciate um, why people enjoy it. Um, and I also liked one of the songs that came from it. I actually used to blast that, blast that tune quite regularly. <laughs> I think it was called Sanctuary. Um, but... Uh, Consectuary. Sanctuary, yeah. I think it's from the first Sanctuary. I know what you said. I know what you said. I just kind of wanted to make you feel dirty. Why? I like my uh, J-pop. But the thing about this particular trailer, first of all, the inclusion of Pixar. I'm not a Pixar fan. Um, Second of all, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a Disney franchise. Of course it's going to be in there. 
So, like, as I was going back <laughs> you know before, what? as I was going back before and kind of helping along, as uh, Brendan was saying, like, he doesn't think, doesn't understand the tone, doesn't know how it works, and I said it actually does work. I totally have that understanding that it does work, especially mixing, like, um, well, the Final Fantasy element and then the Disney element franchises where it's, you know, you, like, especially... Um, but just the stages, like how they're designed, it just it just works really well, and especially the combat as well. Um, mm. And having Goofy and um, Donald, Donald. <laughs> I was about to say Daffy, man, that'd be a good game. <laughs> Damn, um, crossover city. Yeah, um, having them as your companions, I know that there's a level of frustration there, but I don't think it hovers too much on them being like goofy, non-serious characters. So it it does work. Yeah, but. The inclusion of Pixar, don't need. And then the inclusion of the Pirates of the Caribbean, what the fuck. And then onto the actual trailer, where there was n- barely any background sound. Yeah, and the audio it, for the trailers was disgusting. It was just terrible. And I, <clears> I like I never like criticising people who can do things professionally that I don't. But the voice acting was terrible. Mm. Like, absolutely no emotion. Absolutely... Like, it just was stale, and I'm just like, what am I watching? I'm going to give you my counterpoints slash arguments. Most of them are just kind of, like, thoughts that don't have anything to do to, like, refute what you've just said. But on on your last point about voice acting, none of that really... And the sound design, like, none of that actually registered with me. I don't know how or why that happened, like... You make it sound like it was horrible. I it I was rough. Didn't pick it up on that. Really yeah, and you're bad. saying that too. It must have been bad. I must just have played too many like JRPGs that I'm just forgiving shit voice acting. I give it a pass immediately. I think um, on the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, my like first thought when I saw that was, is that actually Johnny Depp? How much money does he need? Uh, on that no. note, just to interject really quick, have you seen what Johnny Depp looks like these days? He looks like Not death great. and he's playing a guitar yeah. with um, Alice Cooper. Yeah. He looks fuck? like Alice Cooper's dad. He looks. He yeah, does he actually does. Does look pretty good. He looks pretty close. Um, on the Pixar stuff, I could, you know, I, I have no problem with that at all. Um, I feel like that's obviously a, a personal vendetta you've got against <laughs> Woody and Buzz and Slinky. Hey, I have no personal uh, vendetta against a Woody, all right? <laughs> Let that one sit for a moment. <laughs> to, to wholeheartedly, though, refute that you call this the worst in show. <clears throat> Are you serious? This, you think, is the worst thing displayed. Like, this is worse than the 10-minute command and conquer bullshit we had to suffer through in EA. Oh, that was cringe. That was <clears throat> awful. This is not worse... Then Trover saves the universe, please. I uh, saw I, I, your I answer will... and I thought that was fair. This is not worse than Maverick's Proving Ground. Oh, that was the, the f- that was the new BR, wasn't it? No, it's the new uh, Player Unknown's Battleground. It's called Maverick's Proving Ground from a different company. God, I hope what I enjoyed about what I enjoy about this in particular. Um, so when you see it, when it, it was part of the PC game show, um, when you see the actual game get, um, displayed on the screen and stuff, it looks like fucking PUBG. <laughs> like it looks very close. And then they bring the CEO of this company that's developing it out to talk about the game. 
And the guy was like, oh, so how's this one? What's new about this Battle Royale? And the guy, the only thing the guy could say was, oh, it's like 400 players. And if you do fives, we can have a thousand player games. And that was it. <laughs> He's fucking dumb. Maverick's proving grounds. He should be sued straight away. Well, he might be. You never know. PUBG Corp yeah. should come for him yeah. after they settle it with Epic. I think with mine, it's just they had the absolute audacity to actually go, this trailer is so fucking good. We're going to show it three times. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Is the, that, the fact that they triple stack this oh, thing. Can, can I? No, sorry. I, I got to call you out on that, Ali. Microsoft showed it because they wanted to show that they had this on Xbox for the first time, that they took away a Sony franchise. <clears throat> and Square want to show it because they're developing it, and Sony want to show it because Sony, whatever. So, but, like, like, my, my there's point a reason is, it was showed three times. No, I know, but my point is, is that it was a terrible trailer to actually give someone to say, yeah, show that as a representation of our game. Like, I just feel like if, if the game is really good, then that was a bad representation of it. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. Like, I, I watched that and I love all those characters and those universes, but it didn't make me want to run out and buy that game. No. It's not... Yeah. But, like, you've never played those games, Brendan. No. Yeah. Like, you... Especially because it's been so long between drinks for this franchise. Is it 15, you 15 have to, years? Is that right? Is it something uh, like that? It's it's definitely... Yeah, 2004, 2005, I think, was two. I think. Yeah, it might be. It's like you're either a fan from back then or you're a kid now. <clears throat> that's, that's literally the audience. You're a fan from way back when or you're a kid now. Like there's no there's no getting people our age into this shit now. Mm. It's kind of too... It's too dumb a concept to sort of buy into now. Yeah. Um, even though it works, even though it, it, they execute it really well. On, on strange concepts that I'm... What are you laughing at, Alex? Unsure about buying. Sense, so. I know, but you do like stitches, and then like just just as you almost finish the stitching, you decide to like undo one, and then it all like unravels. <laughs> <laughs> Stitching's there; it's just a bit loose now. <laughs> That's a sewing term, guys. Sorry, Brendan. Yeah, assholes. <laughs> I, I had a perfect segue then, and you just ruined it. <clears throat> she ruined it. I, yeah. What was it? What was your segue? Well, well, I was segueing into the game that I couldn't really get into. Or, you know, I've I've left. I was left sort of questioning the hype that I had behind it. I'm still excited for the game, but you know, worst in show. I guess it's probably not the best term for it. But Death Stranding just, I don't know. It just left me no like no doubt like the rest of the world. Very confused still, but what they shown did not sell me on the game itself. Like obviously they they showed some actual in-game engine gameplay with Norman Reedus and a few other people who were just post-apocalyptic delivery men. Maybe it's maybe this ties into that Kevin Costa movie, The Postman, who knows? But these guys are just walking through the world, delivering packages, avoiding this alien being that can be seen and can't be seen depending on what level you are um no I, like i love kojima like he's the man he's he's a quirky you know god of a human from the gaming space but mm. i'm wondering if like because there's no one in konami to try and you know Tell pull back no. the reins you know to try and keep him in line like the quirkiness and the craziness that he put in metal gear is great but now i think that he's got just open slate to do whatever he wants. Like I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? I watched that 10 minute trailer two times and 
I think I understood it less after watching it a second time. Like, it's just, what in the hell, man? Don't leave your house without your baby battery. Hmm. And I and just, yeah, you just, you're left with more uh, questions than answers. And yeah, like, you're right. It's just like, what is this? The UPS, the fucking simulator. Like that guy was just carrying shit constantly. Like, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't. No, it's very bizarre. And it's three years now? Or is it two years since it was first announced? I think it's two years. I think it's two, yeah. Since it's first announced. So, I guess if you want to sort of think about, like, it's been five years since we had a um, Cyberpunk 2077, um, you know, explanation of what the game is, but the teaser was enough to kind of get us. It's been two years and we've still... We've seen a lot of this game for two years. We just don't have any solid direction on what the fuck you do what's the story you deliver pizza you deliver baby pizza things <laughs> and just i love the i love the little intro of like it's like the baby in the womb almost it starts off with his yeah, bum and you see his little bum around and it gives you like a oh, i think you know, that's kojima just up. like like literally shoving an ass in your face and just going you're gonna buy this anyway yeah yeah, yeah he's I, just, I'm just I, I just, you know what I really want to know is what the hell did he sell on, like, to Norman Reedus? What did Norman agree to? A bag of something. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they probably just broke <laughs> down on that Silent Hill game that got scrapped when they did the PT demo. Oh, Maybe they just that, sort of hit it off then. Please. Just make that. Yeah. Scrap everything and go back to that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm still keen because I, I trust Kojima, but it's just, Why? it's just spinning me out. <laughs> <clears throat> why do you trust like yeah Metal Gear but that's why fucking I, I, clearly... love, I love the Metal Gear franchise and, and what he's created with that so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt but yeah this this yeah. thing just left me underwhelmed he's a kid that reached the cordial bottle like his parents restricted him <laughs> like so much and now he's finally found it and he's just going full there's no water he's just going full cordial <laughs> that's a great way of explaining it <laughs> Um, my, uh, worst in show, if I see another fucking Justin Roiland thing, I'm going to go postal because I, I'm a big, like I was a huge Rick and Morty fan and I really enjoyed Rick and Morty season one and two and like probably most three was not the greatest thing in the world, mm. but it's like, cause it's such a big thing now and cause it's a very unique thing. Justin Roiland seems to be sort of having this moment where he thinks it's always funny in any world, like the improv style of comedy that he does. Mm -hmm. And it's so fucking obvious and it's so boring and crap. Like it's fun. It's literally those episodes, the, um, the multiverse channel TV Mm -hmm. cable stuff. It's like those episodes, but it's all that. It's just, I'm going to improv something and then I'm going to throw it, um, you know, an animation over it and people are going to love it because it's funny because we keep fucking up, you know, halfway through the improv, but we just own it. Like, it's boring. And this game looks fucking boring. What is this game? Yeah. It, it looks it's shit. It's just Justin Roiland shit. It's just going to be <coughs> Justin Roiland doing a bunch of characters that are all running the same gags. Same characters like, in all opinion. Like, yeah, you can draw the character differently, but the whole, like, awkward, <sighs> like... The oh, it's seven one one because we're in a different universe, and uh, it's like, all right, I get it. You're aware that you're, this is an improv, but uh, fuck off, like, yeah, yeah it, it was shitty. 
it, it it's was, it's definitely on my short list of like low points of E3. Like it it just I'm like just end please finish this trailer and on to the next thing quick please thank you god yeah. like the more the more Justin Roiland shit I see the less I want to watch Rick and Morty mm. like the more I hate that show <laughs> like that's bad I don't like yeah F- fuck him <laughs> he sucks <sighs> anyway so should we, sh- uh, should we should we move on to our best in show games or should we mention the the conference that we thought did you know our our own opinion based off worst in show what do you think um i'm happy to go into the conferences and say what our worst conference was because i think we pretty oh i know i think i pretty much established mine which was um sony um mm-hmm. just to give you a bit of background i didn't get to watch it live so um i had to like load it up on the old newbie tubes and uh watch it and i don't know how far i got into it and i fell asleep so that says a lot Mm. yeah no i'm i'm with you uh says it was past 7 30 in the evening is what it tells me (laughs) hey yeah maybe right but it doesn't mean anything keep me awake guys it doesn't make you wrong sure yeah (laughs) yeah now i'm i'm with you miss hart like i think the games shown were great i think the the games themselves you know they were they were fantastic and, and the demos that were put together for for the four main pillars that they went out ahead and announced that they were going to be focusing on a you know month back or whatever it was i think they were well done but just the rest it was very unsony like how unpolished it was uh you know, the transitioning from room to room for the for the local fans there the tech issues uh you know some some of the back and forth the the audio issues like um sean Layden's audio was pretty pretty sketchy for the most part mm. uh, then crossing to the you know, the live um, hosts that were, you know, at that satellite Sony booth as well. Like it just, it just felt like it was very thrown together last minute or maybe they had plans that turned to shit and they had to pivot last minute to try and make some of that stuff work. I don't know, but mm. yeah, like the, the the games were great, but the if we're looking at it as a holistic conference, it was... Oh boy, isn't this awkward? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> So I uh, I think this is actually my favorite one, if I'm being honest. This is my favorite conference, the Sony one, um, which isn't a popular opinion, obviously. Uh, so I think for the same reasons you dislike it, I really appreciate it. Um, not to take away from what you've you've just said, because I think you're totally valid. And those are valid points. Um, and it's, I think it's about what you expect when you watch these conferences. Uh, I just like, I, I appreciate what I don't like about Microsoft is that they do the same conference every year and it's the same stuff almost every year. It's like, it feels like it's even the same stage every year. Whereas Sony at least makes an effort to be different and also do it in a way that does the service, does a service to their games and I, I, we already talked about um, Chaboy the Piper, and uh, like you again, you you both I think expressed that you didn't quite enjoy the fact that there was like a one and a half minute intro to this game. And I on I on the other hand think that it's a great way to actually introduce this game that they're about to talk about and put everyone in a mood. That's and create, interesting. Create a bit of atmosphere. You agreed with Brendan in regards to Andrew WK. Um, Starting off with a concert, and you you both said no, it should be playing underneath the trailer. 
Well, that specific one sucked. Like that was. Oh, come on. At, don't you no, want to party hard? It's the pan flute. Is uh... it's not the. You, you're <laughs> not, you're not, but you're not wrong there. But like, if you think about, um, when I think of like the rage, um, the rage trailer, and that that was like a dude trying to get a bunch of people in a room to pretend that they were at a concert, like a metal concert, which is obviously not the case. And anytime you try and do that shit, it's like it's dumb. When you look at the pan flute guy, anytime I think of that music, I think of it in its own, like it's, it's, it sort of sits on its own. I think of like Kill Bill and him playing it while he's telling a story and how the music sits as its own entity. And then there's this other part. I don't know. Like, I, I'd be interested to see what people in that room had to say about the experience. Cause I would <clears> argue <throat> that that would have been a fucking cool experience to be part of. Um, I would argue yeah. that as well. To a degree. Like I was I was there last year and they did the God of War big live band and like the blah and all the all that. And yeah. I saw that and that was live. But you, you were saying that Sony do stuff new. Like they, they followed that formula again this year where they implemented live musical acts in, in their transitions for sort of the main, you know, tentpole games that they've got. Like I liked oh, it, but it just it felt a bit sloppy. But I'll put it to you another way. We haven't mentioned Anthem once tonight. You know what I mean? I know. It makes me sad, but I think they did great with it. Really? Yep. Because you haven't mentioned it once. It didn't feature in your top five. And like, it's so unmemorable that it didn't even come up in like any other conversation we've had about E3 tonight. But we've talked about Sony quite a bit. We've talked about almost all of their games that they showcased like those are results you got to you know they they sort of speak for for Sony on how that conference came together um to deliver these games and deliver these memorable moments mm. um i think just like what i think it is is i think we expect these conferences to be one thing and Sony just didn't quite do that and it's jarring mm. and i think it is jarring i see <clears throat> your point well this year they did, they did get ahead of it and say they are doing something different so you know, I guess they gave us gave us warning, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, know, I just think the execution wasn't there. Yeah, they get a clap. Yeah, well done. You tried something different. Ooh, but you didn't execute on it. Oh, they get a participation, a, yeah, participation award. Participation award. Good try. You know. The reason I think I guess the reasons you guys dislike it are the same reasons I like it, and I I, I can't take anything away from your arguments. Really, yeah. I see your points. Mm. I just you know. I just think it's disrespectful to the fans. Whoa! Like, wow, <laughs> that's a like that's a huge statement. Well, Why is it disrespectful? I think just their their lack of care on viewers' time, like the fact that there was for the first third of what? it where there was delays and delays and delays and delays and delays. Like you could compress this thing down to sixty minutes, fifty minutes instead of ninety yeah, minutes. But I like I doubt. I sincerely doubt that Sony fucking cut costs at E3 and I also doubt that they did that sincerely as well like wasted people's time like obviously there were some tech fuck ups so oh, you take no, that the, on board the, the bits where they had to tr- uh, transition the the crowd from from the one room to the next like that where they're taking them across venues like that's great they for the people that, on the ground they the spent people that at home talking about shit. games right didn't oh. they kind of spend those intermissions with a with it, a sort of panel they? talking about what you just saw it was sloppy it was sloppy. Why was man. that sloppy? I, was just, I, again, I disagree. I think it's kind of a great way to really stick um, in your mind what you just saw and have it broken down for you. A lot of the time you see this stuff and like things fly right over your head. 
Um, like that Ghost of uh, Tsushima, fucking, that didn't stick with me the first time I saw it, if I'm being entirely honest with you. I just saw like a samurai game. But then when you hear the panel talk about it afterwards and talk like about how they feel about it, um, talk about how beautiful it was, it's like, oh, I should go back and watch that. Mm. Oh, see, it's I'd- funny how things work, how, you know, one <clears throat> person has one concept and one visual appear- like idea of how everything went and then another person had a completely different one. What do you know? Digital Devolver. <laughs> you mean Devolver Digital? No, de- devolver devolver digital. digital, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking at my notes. <laughs> Digital Devolver. Don't worry, your notes were wrong too. <laughs> yeah. Let me uh, just bring this up. So I fucking hated this. Hmm. Um, it's not that I... I thought it was actually quite funny. Some of it. The commentary of these conferences. Um, but it just felt... Uh, it felt unnecessary to me. Mm-hmm. I think. I just don't understand... And we, we did talk about this earlier. I'll, I'll say the same thing again and you guys can maybe tear into me about it like if you only have three games and those three games don't have broad appeal why go to the biggest gaming conference in the world to show them like i feel like you'd find your market either way and to the 90 percent of people who don't quite subscribe to you know your tone and your branding and it is very offbeat kind of humor it's like are you actually doing your company a fucking service by showing up you know, in front of all these squares like me <laughs> and like, and like just trying to pass everything off as like, we're above this cause we get it and fuck this, which was kind of the tone of the whole show. Um, only to show three games, which frankly, I, I don't <clears throat> think anyone really gives a big fuck about, mm. you know? Okay. So you say, why are people wasting their time? Why did they waste people's time? Um, no, like, why would you do that? Like, is that for, for, as a marketing strategy, is that the best marketing strategy for your company? I think if you're, if you already have this angle of, Hey, we are not the normal, we are not the norm. We are completely different, both in how we present and what the games that we actually, that we push, then yeah, maybe being a bit off the cuff and almost it being now a standard where it's like, oh, Devolver Digital, I wonder what fucked up thing they're going to do this year. D- digital Devolver. Get out of here. Bitch, get out of me. <laughs> um, Sorry. I just think, I think that could be an angle. I know that everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're the ones that do the really fucked up ones, like the really weird shit like happens in their conferences. I wonder what they're going to do this year. Um, I also have the stance that if they have the power to present on a level such as E3, then all the power to them. Mm. Um, I, I just don't see... If, 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 you've got the, if you've got the power, you've got the means, why the hell not do it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, um, I, I agree. Like, they're, they're very obviously anti-establishment. Like, they're very... They're unlike the rest of the mainstream sort of devs and pubs that are, that are doing these conferences. Uh, like, it's as evidenced by the fact that they how they hold like a little devolver booth not in the los angeles convention center they have it in the car park over the road stuff like that so they're very much like we are at like you know walking to the beat of our own drum and, and very quirky and yeah they're they're an edgy studio and um it's i i like what they're doing yet yeah, maybe maybe like they don't need to have a conference but at the same time i don't think some of these other um heavy hitters need to have a conference year on year where maybe they are just recycling the same stuff for to a lesser extent 
but I like that they've got a presence and I like that they've sort of created this universe now and they're telling stories through these conferences that have sort of started from last year and transitioned into this year and at the end um, when the lady's host whose name escapes you right now you know gets gunned down on stage is going to be you know transitioned into a potential femme robocop-esque character in you know the 2019 e3 so i like that they're sort of doing something different yeah i guess um on your point about like do they need a conference? Maybe not, but so does like no one else. <clears throat> like just because EA squander their fucking show by not doing anything at all exciting, it doesn't mean that they don't need one. Like they, like to 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 spend that time to showcase three games which aren't very good. Like all of that theatrical shit. I I feel like that theatrical shit is them overcompensating for a lack of a catalog to you know to, to display. I mean, and it's fun. Like, don't get me wrong; it's fun. It's totally watchable. You could watch the whole thing. I was saying at the point of it, and like that whole gimmick of the loot box coin. They spent like fucking ten minutes, not ten, like five minutes on that gag. That has nothing to do with anything. It's and it's it just like again. I just I don't know. I I feel like I get it. I get what you're saying. I just think it's a, it's a waste of an opportunity, really to go to E3 with three crap games. Like, I, I don't see the point. I genuinely don't see the point. I also don't see the point of EA going every year just to show sports games. Mm. Like, like EA but, could but, but, back in but with those, Sony and Microsoft. But those are sports games that make millions and millions of dollars a year. Like but that's, every year, routinely. The people like, that go to E3 don't go to E3 to see the new FIFA and Madden updates. No, I know. But it's like they lose nothing by getting... And they're games that have broad appeal. Right, they have broad appeal at a huge stage. The Devolver games don't have broad appeal at all. So you're, you're you're literally not aiming for everyone. You're only aiming for your target group. So why go to the big state? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Um, not everyone likes sports games either. To be fair, no, but like you can't deny that they have millions of concurrent players between all of their yes. titles. Yeah, yeah, um, but but focusing like. Like, at the same time, yeah, Devolver do a bit more of a parody on stage, but then you look at EA where they're, they're talking about the the European Champions League Cup or whatever the fuck they're implementing in the next if, FIFA, and they're standing on stage with the trophies like, gamers don't give a fuck about this. The people no, watching E3 do not give a rats about this. No, they don't. But if you filled uh, E3 full of companies like Devolver, no one would watch because what the fuck's the point? There's nothing there that's interesting. Whereas if you filled E3 <clears throat> full of... EA style conferences sure it's boring but at the same time they're gonna hit a lot of people with things like that like there would be people who do watch that who are like wow that's so cool to see that trophy it means nothing to you or me but you know, I'd again, say the vast majority of, of gamers players. couldn't care that watch that, that watch those live streams vast majority I, aren't there for FIFA I'm like inclined to agree with you there but at the same time I'll take a million FIFA trophy style conferences over like those devolver the devolver conference it just you can't actually compare them you really can't like one of them is justifiably there and the other one is like limping in with three crap games and an over theatrical uh show to make up for it you know i'd what rather I mean? remember a conference for being creatively theatrical than awkwardly shit yeah i'm with you right yeah i i don't know i feel like you guys are blinded by your love for this fucking company i know 
I just like, I, I really do. I think like, you are. Like, like it's it's, I just, it's actually. I just don't understand what crazy. the negativity is about. Have someone having a voice? That's all. It's not a voice. It's like it's. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's fair. Why? It, why it doesn't make sense to me. Why they can't? Hmm. Like, why they I'll can't say. I'll it. say one thing though too. Like I was, you know, on the ground there last year, and their stand was packed for the three days I was there. So they're doing something. Obviously, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not for everybody. Mm. But you but know, that's the best thing about <clears throat> gaming. Not every game is for everybody. Happy rainbow no. at the end. No, but like Cute then rainbow. bring ten games. Bring ten games. They're only a small studio, though. So, why, again, like, this is my point. Why are you there? <laughs> like, there are so many small studios that do fantastic games, but they're not going there because they don't have a huge catalog, so it's not fucking feasible or it just doesn't make sense to take three games that you make. It's because a Sony, Microsoft, or a Nintendo aren't going to happily chuck them on stage in parallel with them like some of the other smaller devs out there so they have to do it this way because they're never going to get some frontage with these other companies there are so <clears> many <throat> games like um my what's the one with the 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 dude that's like a ballet um shooter what, what was that one called pedro my friend pedro or something mm-hmm. yes. there are so many games showcased like that what what got front and center stage though at, at E3 for the game like that where it was just power violence on power violence like there was no real story that you were just a dude spinning around with a talking banana shooting everybody yeah but there are tons of <clears> games <throat> that feature people shooting people like I I don't believe that you couldn't package that and throw that on I just don't think that it's something Microsoft would would go for but it's not because it's I think it's more because of the quality of the game as opposed to the content of the game no, because you could package them into like the ID at Xbox, like, you know, the little indie showcases. You can yeah, chuck them in absolutely. sizzle reels. But I, I think it's just maybe because they are so left of center, that the main three maybe don't feel comfortable with them being on stage with them. So they just do their own thing. So I, I admire that. the same that. company that did genital jousting. Yeah, great. Like, that's fine. Again, you know, th- but throw that on a stage. And, and then and then show me please. and then show me how many people buy it. Like, do you think you're going to hit everyone? You'll probably hit a huge group, but not everyone. I don't know. I feel like don't I just threw my, my whole point in. there. Don't shame me. <laughs> Checkmate. Um, All right, so so let's let's spin this around to a positive. Dream. What was your best in show game? Uh, I already talked about it. It was Fallout seventy six. Mm. Do you want um, to give us reasons, a yeah, closing reasons I, wraparound? Uh, yes. See, um, see about 35 minutes into this podcast for my full argument. <laughs> what was the sex? <laughs> um, no, it's just, I think, again, like as far as the game goes, it's not necessarily the most exciting thing there for me, but I do think the way that Bethesda... Um, packaged it and uh, just the way it was presented was just on point. Mm. It was fun. It looked fun. It genuinely looked fun watching all the shit, all the little trailers, Mm -hmm. the little videos that they put together, the tutorials. I love them. Again, I just think they totally get it. They totally know their audience. Mm. Mm. No, I'm with you. It it certainly was on my short list. Miss Hart, uh, your best in show is a game we also talked of earlier. Yeah, um, I just took in consideration who I think gave an overall um, like match of like both trailer 
and gameplay as well. So like pretty much providing everything out there, which was um, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Um, yeah, I just feel like it did the right mm. thing by creating um, a, a general idea of a story. Um, it showed graphics, both you know, obviously in video sequence and then also in gameplay. Um, it showed you enough of gameplay to kind of get a rough idea of what you'd be looking at and then just the general concept art and graphics in general was just absolutely awe inspiring. So um, I think best in show they did the they did really well. For me. Mm. Yeah. This was hard. Like um The Last of Us Two was was on my list for a while there for Best in Show. Uh I also thought about Resident Evil 2, but I'm like, maybe not. That's more of a personal best in emotions for me. Uh, Anthem was one I actually had on there. And as as you said, Dream, it's a shame we didn't Ugh. talk about it more. Um, I, I liked... No, it's not. <laughs> I, I No, I liked how they handled it. I liked that they got, you know, three figureheads from the company to get up there and, and discuss the game in more detail. I liked that they deep dove on that. Obviously, it was a bit different for an e3 press conference but i like that they took the time to to sort of unpack the same the game. thing you just hacked at sony about isn't it no no like it was the planned out and talking about the games and no it was it was planned for there was no sorry guys we'll be back in two minutes hold up we'll be back in five minutes like this was okay we're jumping in I, I liked it and i and i think after andromeda they needed to do something like that but i i like cyberpunk I like the delivery, how they, they sort of hijacked the Microsoft conference. Uh, no gameplay, sadly, but CD Projekt Red make phenomenal games. Witcher 3 is one of the best games, you know, ever. Um, so combine that with, with sort of future punk sort of dynamics and, and art style, then, yep, I'm in. That's fair. <clears throat> I, I, I think the, all our tops are really fair, actually, to be honest. Mm. Hmm. yeah yeah and top conferences i guess uh dream we already know what yours is Mm -hmm. you've planted that sony flag firmly definitely not going to confuse that with a devolver digital flag anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) devolver's like the freaking javelin to sam it's gone (laughs) (laughs) i launched that son of a bitch into the sunset yeah Yeah. Yeah. um i'm gonna say you guys i'm gonna say microsoft i I think, yes, there was a lot of same, like they do have a formula, you know, they do have a similar set design, I will admit. And the fact that there was like 80 screens and Xboxes on this, on the show floor there, yet nothing was doing, I thought that was a bit strange, but I like that they came out, they used their time well. Um, yeah, like Phil Spencer did was like, yeah, 50 games, 18, you know, world first, 15 exclusives, like... You know, they came out, clear message, whack, 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 whack. New Gears, new Halo, new Forza, some Crackdown, but that game just seems to be in development hell. Um, Crackdown, I think, is going to be a long-forgotten memory pretty quickly, especially now it's releasing in sort of that death zone area of January, February. We Um, have a chance, guys. Yeah, my goodness. (laughs) But um, I, I like that they came out and, you know, re reaffirmed that they're about gaming and they got some new studios on board and yeah i like what i like the message yeah well with mine i felt like well my top one was uh bethesda i felt like they were just for me continually hyping me up and there was so much great content in there that we actually haven't talked about to be honest um 
So uh, it started off a bit rough, unfortunately, with um, our musical intro and the uh, the unprecedented hype. I, I got hyped up. I guess I was a sucker or a fool, I guess. Um, <laughs> is it it's because you want to party hard. I, I do. I do very much want to party hard. Um, but uh, after a while, like on the gaming content side, like... You know, Fallout was definitely one of the titles. You've got a teaser for, you know, all the other shit that kind of came with it. Um, but Doom? No, Prey as well? The, the new Prey content? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. They spent a lot of time on it, which I didn't think was completely necessary. But it's cool to see, like, Bethesda support their games pretty damn well. Mm. You know, they, they give them the time of day at these conferences. Like, Elder Scrolls Legends got floor time and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Do- mm. Yeah, the Doom Infinite announcement was fucking sick yeah. like, give me more doom like hell's yeah um but yeah i like bethesda i love yeah. bethesda i, I, I love don't know i do. just i felt like i was continually engaged into the bethesda um very music based actually now that i think about it um <laughs> because i'm like the doom always has great soundtrack um with the prey um content that they're providing like new dlc there's the there's the one that's on the... Is it on the moon or Mars? I think yeah, it's, it's called like Moon Crash. Yeah. Mm. And then it just kept on playing uh, You Spin Me Right Round. And I was just so hyped. I don't know. Mm. For me, I just felt like I was continually engaged. Um, there was a lot of great content in there. And um, yeah, I like... There was still the awkwardness, like a lot of awkward presentations. But I think with most of these major conferences, you're going to have that continually. Mm. So I just felt like, yeah, Bethesda did it for me. Most definitely. All right. So that wraps up our very in-depth uh, E3 discussion here at The Hungry Gamers. We're rolling in over two hours worth of talk here. Some some heated heated banter, which we love. Um, I think Sam's still a bit angry that we were uh, on, on Devolver's side a little bit there. I can see see a little bit of fire coming out of the uh, the nostrils and some steam out of the ears. But um, Not at all. You guys are like <clears throat> totally fine. I'm uh I'm actually very cool. You are pretty cool. Um yeah, you but guys just have fucking shit taste in things. It's it's amazing. <laughs> we'll unpack that on another episode. Um is is there anything else I'm you actually guys wanted to about add? The editing this thing is going to be a nightmare. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we um yeah, it's going to be fun. But uh, any, anything else you want to say? Any other last sort of quick honourable mentions regarding E3 that you've seen uh, before we start saying goodbye for another week? For the most part, very lacklustre. I feel like we've had some better E3s. Um, but saying that, there's some games in there I'm excited about. Uh, where, mm. Where's our Red Dead? Yeah, like no mm. Red Dead, no Rocksteady. They were absent. There where's was a lot of rumours about... Yeah, no Borderlands 3. But there was rumours of a Superman game by Rocksteady that might pop up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of no absent titles. No Splinter Cell. It's weird. Weird. But um, a lot of good games on the horizon. Yeah. No debate in that. Um, but yeah, as a collective, hit us all up on the socials at We Are 8-Bit. Uh, on the YouTube, obviously, at We Are 8-Bit. Uh, also, check out all the content from all our other hosts via the hashtag 8-Bit Collective. Uh, there's 10 podcasts part of that collective now, as well as a couple of very talented video creators. You can find me at Brendan8Bit. You can find me at Miss Ali Hart. And you can find me at Salim TD. 
Okay, Bit Nation, we're back with our more usual structured programming next week on the 109th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. But until then, much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.